0: I'm I'm Merlin. And we're a gay. And his NB Episode number 80. Thank you all so much for listening to another episode of A Gay and His Envy, where we talk all the things we're watching on television this week. And this episode is jam-packed with all things Real Housewives. We got so much that we got to talk about. But before we do that, we have a few things to get out of the way. First, as we always do. Let's talk about those ratings and reviews
1: first, wherever you are listening to us. Please go leave a rating and a review, whether that is Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts or Spotify or wherever else it is that you get your podcast listening pleasures on go ahead and leave that rating and review. It gets us into the algorithm, helps us find more listeners, and helps us get feedback on what you want to hear from us as
0: podcasters. Uh, You can also follow us on social media all at A Gay and His Envy. That's on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and Threads uh, where we're posting new content every day, including clips from the podcast, um, things that we're talking about, our instant thoughts on things that we're watching. Um, It's a great way to get an extra dose of A Gay and His Envy in your life. And like I mentioned, it's on all those uh, internet social media platforms at a gay and his nb
1: speaking of other ways that you can support us head over to uh, a gay and his com and check out our merch store we've got a bunch of different designs made by me um for you to get on t-shirts blankets throw pillows whatever your little heart desires we've got for you really proud of those designs um and there's more that will be coming as more iconic things come through the ether,
0: uh, And then also, if you have a question for us that you would like us to answer on a future episode of the podcast, you can submit that to us on the social media platforms that I mentioned, or at a is NB at gmail.com. Just leave your name, leave your question uh, about just whatever you want us to ask us about. And we may answer it on a future episode of the podcast, babe. What are we talking about on this jam packed episode? We're going to be talking this final part
1: of the uh, salt lake city reunion <laughs> oh boy we uh,
0: got opinions i think we're gonna no we're not gonna fight we never we're, fight we're like, not gonna fight like
1: but we may have some disagreements um on uh the uh, bullshit um <laughs> <laughs> we're also gonna be talking about beverly hills the ladies are Heading to Spain, which Portugal, as we learned on um, Atlanta last season, is not in Spain. Yeah. they neighbors, actually. We're going
0: where Kenya thought she was going.
1: <laughs> right. Um, so that's going to be great. Uh, they're staying in this lovely haunted little mansion. Uh, anyway, that that's going to be fun. Uh, speaking of cash trips, Miami is headed to Mexico City. Um, they're going during Pride Week, so that's going to be a lot of fun. Um, and they get in, uh, we don't even get to Pride Week this week. It's just like naked art galleries instead. That, that's but fun. also
0: it's a very gay episode. A, a very
1: gay episode. Um, and it's funny because it's very gay, but not lesbian, not lesbian centric. This is gay men, <laughs> gay men centric. There's no men on the show, but gay men centric. Anyway, <laughs> but before we get to any of that. Let's talk Potomac.
0: Potomac for this week. Uh, the, uh, yeah. I, I mean, like, yay, Potomac. Like, I just think, like, yeah. It, I'm still struggling to a certain extent with how things are going, but like, yeah. It's it's just hard to pick things up. There are some good moments here, though. Um, We start the episode with Karen uh, and her daughter, Raven, who's in town. Uh, Feels like we haven't seen Raven in forever. She's off to college, obviously, in New York. She's um, uh, doing fashion PR, I guess. Um, Come on,
1: fashion PR.
0: Yeah, yeah. She looks great. She actually is very fashionable, I would say. You you can get that Mm -hmm. essence from her. I, I love how to say that as if like her being Karen's daughter, she would not be. But, like well karen brings it look karen makes choices
1: karen you know and making choices is a big part of it but like karen makes the choices and has the thought process of someone who is into fashion and loves fashion she just doesn't necessarily make the right choices raven is going to school to learn to make the right choices. sure
0: that's fair. Now, if it was Giselle's daughter, Grace, going for She up, would be
1: fighting an uphill battle.
0: Yeah, that's fair. Um, there's at least some of the tools in Raven's pocket. Um, but they're going to a tattoo shop um, because they're both going to get matching uh, tattoos of the letter G for uh, Karen's mother, Georgia, as like a cute little tribute, which I think is kind of sweet. And I like Karen. I love when Karen puts herself in these, like you know, unexpected scenes. Like every, right. everyone nowadays kind of does like, sort of like not plain scenes, but like, sort of like, Oh, like I'm with the family. I'm doing what, like, right. I, I like that. Karen like knows this is a show. <laughs> right.
1: She's like, uh, let me step outside of this box.
0: Mm. Uh, Karen also tells Raven that she basically organized a breakfast uh, for them. To also go with Giselle and Grace because she wants uh, Raven to sort of like give Grace any advice about going to college and sort of what that looks like and feels like and and all that stuff. I love Karen tells her, you know, I know we've had moments where you have issues with Giselle. I've had many, but we're in a good place, so let's take advantage. And well and I did forget the whole like remember when like Karen was like my children were really upset that you said that Ray was gonna be dead or whatever the when Which is not, not what she said. Sure. But apparently Raven was really upset. Who does? Uh well Karen she, she, said she was really upset. Right. Raven never really confirms it here either. So Yeah. Um, I love the, the, I guess the topic comes up of like matching tattoos and like if Ray would ever get one and Karen, her confessor goes, Ray has no interest in tat and shit. And you know, I don't want to follow in the footsteps of Robin and Juan. We all see how that's going. Oh boy. <laughs> I just like anytime she gets a pot shot in, but again, and I understand this is the confessional, but it's also like, I, I we'll get to it later with the Candace Robin thing. I am shocked that like, this has only become a like. I'll get into it more depth later, but like, this has only become a Candace-centered issue in terms of speaking yeah. about Robin and Juan. Karen's saying shit. Mia saying shit. But that's what like, Candace has been saying. It's like, she's not the only one. Yeah. Like, why are you coming for her? It's it's stupid. Um, <laughs> they get the tattoo. Oh my God. The noises that Karen... Karen becomes a police siren at a certain point. <laughs> oh! Oh!
1: Like, I get that... Is it, where is it on her ankle? Is that where she yeah, got Yeah, it's hers? like a little ankle. But it's, it's literally the size of like a, like. I mean, I get it. Ankle is one of the more painful places because it's bony. There's sure. not a lot of, there's not a lot of fat or tissue there. But like tattoos do not hurt that bad, guys.
2: No,
0: it's not that bad.
1: They really do. I and, don't know, but. And like, honestly, these days they could have just sprayed her with the numbing spray.
0: I think she said, like, can you numb that shit or
1: whatever? <laughs> and even still, she was... They like, literally have a numbing spray where you cannot... Like, you like you feel the vibrations, but that's it. Yeah. It's like, girl,
0: come on. It's not that bad. But,
1: but you gave us good TV, so I'm here for it. But, like, also, girl. And part of me was
0: like, god damn it. it's like It's literally, like, the size of my, like, like pinky nail. Yeah. Like, the size of the tattoo. It's itty-bitty. But, like, at the same time, I'm like, that actually makes sense for Karen. Like, it's... Yeah. A, I like a dainty... Yeah. Like that. Um, we then go to Candace and her mom, Dorothy. She's meeting with this woman, Elizabeth, to organize this sort of Mother's Day event that she's doing at Parfums de Marly, which is this, like, I guess, perfumery, like... Mm-hmm. But well, it, well, it's in a perfume shop, but it, it's it looks like it's in, like, a castle when we actually get to the actual... Like, I think that there's... Sponsoring the it.
1: event. It's not that it's at their place. They have another venue that they're doing it.
0: And they're doing like a perfume bar and right. like a, you know, whatever. Um, and, I would not have been able to attend this
1: event. Oh, yeah, no, no, no. Too many allergies. I would have been within a five mile radius of that place and gotten a migraine.
0: But, but can you ever enjoy it really? Like a perfume bar? I was like, how do you even distinguish smells for
1: me? At a certain point, everything muddies. Yeah. Like, I don't understand how that's helpful. No. Anyway.
0: Um, but anyway, so they're talking about it, and, like, Candace wanting to bring – you know, we have the, this, the connection with mothers and sort of our love for our mothers or being mothers, and so, like, bringing the group together. Um, Elizabeth gives her the invitations, and she goes through them one by one. Um, she is inviting Ashley and uh, her mother, Sheila. Candace says in professional, what have I always said about Ashley? She's a raggedy bitch, but she's a good mom. And I'm like <laughs> – fair i do think ashley is a good mom i will this is the one critique i will give candace that i i saw a little bit online about and it's not like me praising robin by any means like it's the opposite but it's like there like i am confused as to why ashley has gotten off the hook with candace yeah because the topic comes up later about the scheme right and if robin is involved was involved in a scheme to you know and the, if the one thing was part of the scheme i don't know if robin was a part of it actually i genuinely don't know if robin like sat down with giselle and ashley and like organized like the we cover the one thing whatever but Ashley and Giselle were definitely part of the scheme. You can't were part of a scheme. Those two. Right. You can't watch last season and not see it like fucking a blind man could see that. Like
1: the introduction of Deborah in and of itself. Right. And how that was
0: and how that was operated and how Ashley didn't apologize when Deborah was proven wrong and still tried to defend her. Right. That was horseshit. And it's so clear that 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 was a scheme. Right. And so I I wouldn't to me I don't understand why Candace is giving Ashley the pass on that.
1: I don't either. I maybe it's just that Candace only has a certain amount of animosity to go around. So sure. She's like I'm tired of fighting with everybody so I'll give her a pass. And Robin's
0: being an asshole to me and Ashley at the very least is willing to like be in yeah. a room with me so like I'll take what I can get. Even though
1: she still started shit in Austin.
0: Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, um so yeah, uh Giselle is not invited which dumb. I don't blame her I don't know why she would Like <laughs> she literally says I have zero interest in having someone that would wish such ill on me and my family she can stay home yeah, I, here's the, I, I don't think Giselle was expecting an invitation like Giselle is willing to just not film scenes with people. So, like, who cares? Yeah, like, fine. I don't I, it's not a big deal. But she says she wants to have a talk with Robin first before deciding on whether or not to invite her. And so, you know, that's up in the air. Um, we then see Wendy going to meet with uh, these two uh, people who are like potential producers for her talk show, her online show that she's doing. And then we find out that she parted ways with Marsha, who we saw in, like, previous episodes, who was supposed to be her producer. Wendy says, like, she sent over a contract that wanted, like, 50% ownership, and that that was a big red flag for her. Well,
1: and they didn't seem – like, we've seen a couple scenes with her previous to this, and it just – it didn't seem like they were vibing. It didn't seem like they were on the same page with the direction of the show. And the premise and the name, even like they just couldn't get together on anything.
0: I couldn't tell if I was agreed with Wendy or not in terms of the like, I think I agree with her in terms of like the ownership aspect of it. Cause I don't like ownership specifically of like yeah. the name and like, like that can be like a problem. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, and so she's talking to these producers about like what the, pot, what the show is going to be. I am a little worried for Wendy of this show. I haven't watched it. There are some episodes out. But she's like, you know, I can talk to you about like the Grammys, being a black woman, North Korea, <laughs> the laundromat, imposter. Sin. It's like that is doing a little too like like I think you need to narrow your scope.
1: But honestly, which one of those things would not have been covered by Wendy Williams? North
0: Korea. Can you imagine Wendy Williams covering North Korea? If it was in the news, she would have covered it. So apparently, this Kim Jong. <laughs> but like, yes, I can actually
1: see talk, her doing this. Talk about the killer.
0: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, I swear, like, we are. I am so sad that we have launched our podcast in a world where Wendy Williams is not on TV every. Week. Right. It's just. Uh... Mm. Um. So yeah, it's it's long live Wendy Williams. Yeah. Um, NECA, we see a scene of her going furniture shopping with her sister. I don't know how to pronounce her name. It did not. They, NECA did not say it in the episode, but it's N-J-I-D-E-K-A. So N-J-E-K-A? N-J-E-K-A?
1: Maybe. I, I don't know.
0: Like. Curious to know. <laughs>
1: curious to know. Is it, if anyone out there is familiar with, uh, pronunciation of the Nigerian language, Would love to hear it. I'm not even sure what the language would be called. Um, and I don't want to butcher it, and I don't want to be disrespectful of it. So sure.
0: just let us know. Um, NECA says – I will give Necca credit on this. She says her commercial about her relationship with her sister. She's like, you know, our relationship is like Sour Patch Kids. You know, when we were younger, we were arch nemesis. We were just like oil and water. And I'm like, is this the only housewife to ever get that metaphor correct? They always say oil and vinegar. <laughs> yeah, always. And it's like,
1: that's a vinaigrette. That's delicious. Oil <laughs> and water doesn't go together.
0: Yeah, I'm like – Give you that, Neca. Like, I was also confused. So, this woman who I guess is runs this furniture shop because they they have the house built. They, they they're you know in the house, but they still need to like you know the the bones mm-hmm. are there. It just needs to be filled out. Um, this woman, I guess, who owns the furniture shop, then just gives them glasses of champagne. To drink, and I was confused. At high-end
1: places, they will give you glasses of champagne. Really? Yeah, but those are usually the kind of places that they run a credit check before you walk in the front door.
0: Oh, sure. But, I mean, it's housewives, so they would have gotten approval to film in there anyway. Yeah. So. And also, I, the glass had, like, the, it was these really, like, tall stem glasses that had, um, you could see the sticker underneath. So I was also confused. I was, Girl. Yeah. <laughs> what? I
1: was like, take, it. take the sticker off. Come on. or Or maybe it was like... We'll give you champagne, but you have to buy the set of glasses that we're feeding that we're sending it to you
0: in. Yeah. Something like that. Um, NECA, ta- we get more of sort of NECA's, like, family background, which, honestly, I wish we'd gotten the fucking, like, first couple episodes instead of this Wendy shit. Yeah. Like, I, I you know what I mean? Like, I need this stuff first. And then... Right.
1: Like- I need to like you before i hate you
0: yeah and i need to like you somewhat and then i can maybe sort of give you passes right like
1: no passes will be given to strangers
0: yeah exactly she goes you know my sister she got married at 23 she had her first kid at 24 and her third you know while she was in medical school and i'm over here just like lollygagging. a sense like she feels like she's wasting time and like you know she talked about like the um, you know, the process of getting pregnant. And then she also mentions her, like, the topic of their dad comes up because uh, her dad grew up very poor. He came, she came, or he came to America with nothing, basically. Started as, like, a taxi driver and then became a cardiologist and, like, one of the hardest, like, one of the hardest forms of cardiology to, like, get into. Like, mm-hmm. so, like, she really takes a lot of inspiration from him and always does, she says, like, I'm always done doing things with my family in mind. So, like, that's why I have such a, focus on like getting things done and sort of like you know um it's always in the back of my head which it, it was good to hear like i i, I like again i give neka a, a bit more of a chance than i would say yeah like some other people on other franchises right now mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll get to it um but yeah i i like the scene like i said would have liked it earlier <laughs> um we then see uh Karen and Raven going to breakfast with Giselle and Grace um cute little scene like we mentioned before i they're definitely emphasizing the like Karen and Giselle are friends now and can like be you know because of their history they you know they're frenemies and stuff like that which i i always said is true like you know yeah. that's a good you know important part of this show um and it was nice seeing them with their daughters and stuff like that um, Karen describes also that like, you know, um, where she met Giselle cause her, her, both their daughters were a part of Jack and Jill, which is like this, um, historically black, um, organization that helps like children. Like, but it's like, it's kind of like getting them into, um, initiatives and sort of like getting them in like community service and sort of oh, like okay. that kind of stuff. And that's how they first met <laughs> Karen goes. That's how I met Giselle. She showed up one night at the meeting. I had to accept her. She transferred in. <laughs> ah! Because, you know, I'm the Grand don, basically. Shade, bitch. And, the, and then they, they brought this up before on the show, but then the topic of cookie bait comes up, that Karen was apparently judging this, like, cookie competition and intentionally made sure Giselle didn't win or whatever. <laughs> and, at, like, they that dates back to, like, season one or whatever of them fighting about this. Why do I get the feeling,
1: though, that Giselle wouldn't have won even without Karen's interference? I
0: don't think... Giselle's not a good dancer, and I can almost guarantee she's not a good cook. Yeah, yeah, um, but she says that like Karen's friend or whatever was like competing against her, and so that's what she sure. influenced. Mm-hmm. Um, you, oh my! I I noted this because you freaked out because of something that Raven said uh, at one point uh, that the, a certain phrase that Raven uses when talking about going to college because the topic of like you know were you upset like did you want to come home etc or whatever I I. I don't know what she meant, but she goes, I was sneezing. You know, I was like crying, sneezing. And then she goes snarting. And you, if you've listened to like past episodes of our Potomac reviews, like. Karen literally uses the word snart
1: for come earlier in the season when they were in Austin.
0: Which makes me think she was meaning to say something and then said something else. Because if they both fucked that up, like. Well, but I'm also. Because snarting f- not a thing. Right. And she
2: definitely doesn't mean
0: it in this context.
1: Right. But I have also heard come related to snot before. Why? (laughs) And so, like, I, I can understand why you would use the same word for both.
0: I think she's saying snotting. I think she's saying snotting, but she has an accent on it.
1: No, I think that that's just something that their family uses. Sure. Like, they use snart for snot, but then Karen used snart as a euphemism in Austin. Sure. I think that's what it was. Yeah. <laughs> it was... But also, it's not a word that anyone else uses. It's not a thing. Snart. Stop trying to make snart happen.
0: No, stop trying to make snart happen. <laughs> Stupid, so stupid. Um, we then see Robin uh, going to physical therapy with Juan and the boys. They're getting the boys adjusted or whatever because they're in sports and stuff like that. Um, Candace texted Robin uh, about the Mother's Day event, inviting her, um, etc. Juan literally goes, "That was nice of her." And the look on Robin's face was just like, "Shut the fuck up, Juan." I hate her. Like he said, it's so clear that she like, like I think we mentioned it before, where it was like the what was happening like in the tail end of Austin, where it was like the wand on her shoulder and the Giselle on her shoulder, like, th- you know, pulling her in two different directions with the Candice yeah. thing. Giselle's got her. She's clearly got her. She says her confessional. I'm surprised getting this invitation from Candace. I was fine leaving things where they were in Austin and just coexisting, but it seems like Candace is confused, so I just want to let her know, this is how I feel. I don't need an apology. I don't need anything from her. I'm sorry. Like, Candace touches on this later. I think it's just so immature. Yeah. Like, you can be upset. Like, fine if you're upset about the tweets. Be upset. But this whole, like... I'm just fine saying nothing. Like the uh, I I took a DNA test and I 100% don't care. It's stupid. You sound stupid and you sound just like so well it's immature. Yeah. Right? Like it's clearly
1: you aren't in touch enough with your own feelings because you express different feelings when you actually are in these scenes but then you you say you don't care. Right. But you clearly do. And you clearly are not aware enough of yourself to know that.
0: And if you were actually honest about that, I could maybe feel sorry for you. And so like. Right. Because I
1: do feel like she's getting the short end of the stick when it comes to Juan. Right. Right. He's treating her like shit. She does deserve better just as a human. Right. Right. Nobody deserves to be put through what he's put her through. However, when she's acting like this on the
0: ass end of it, it's like, I, it's very hard for me to give a fuck. And even though I believe like you can be upset about the Twitter. I I think the attention should be, your anger should be pointed at one more than Candace. Right. Right. But even if you're mad at Candace that she didn't like, you know, she did this instead of texting you or sort of like doing this before a conversation with you, I can get with that. But like one In spite of the fact that you didn't show her... We'll get to it. You didn't show her the same respect last year that you were demanding from her right now. Right. Which people are losing sight of, I feel like, in this whole thing. And, like, again, you... It's a... That's just an adult thing to do to communicate your feelings. And if you were really someone who found this person to be a immense friend to you and such a close friend, seemingly the cut, like the cutting off of the communication without any conversation makes no sense in my view.
1: Yeah. Well, I I think the thing to me that is the most egregious was at the reunion last year when she literally says you have to think of the optics of a married man going into a, re- a hotel room with a, a single woman. When she knows what Juan just did. Right. When she knows about the woman in Baltimore. It's like, there's no excuse for that. You didn't have to out Juan's shit, fine, whatever. But you also didn't have to throw in with Giselle.
0: Right, because that is, like, when you know that in the back of your mind, that's incredibly insane thing to say and also like if we want to talk about the like taking like optics as fact or whatever by that argument then candace has a right to take the optics of everything that she was witnessing on the season everything that she witnessed at the reunion what like i said before seemed like a clear and and pure plot against chris why can she like it, the optics look bad for you robin so by that point candace has a right to feel a certain way right like yeah, whatever. Um, and then like they're on, they're getting stretched out, and Robin's like, yeah. So like, Juan, before you get a job, like, let's be intentional of just like spending more time together. And Juan's like snoring, and she's like, Juan, do you hear me? And he, she's just like, if that's not a metaphor, <laughs> Juan just falling asleep as like Robin's trying to like communicate. It's so
1: pathetic.
0: It's so bad. Stop. Like.
1: Like clawing for his attention he doesn't like you yeah he hates you <laughs> it's so clear like come on dump this waste of oxygen
0: yeah um we go to candace's mother's day brunch uh and Everyone was praising Candace, I will say, this episode in terms of the money that was put into this place. Yeah. Like, as someone who, like, we just went to Austin where Ashley did, like, chicken shit bingo and, like, some, like, weak-ass, like, kayaking.
1: Couldn't even get a cute house for them to stay in. Just put them up in a hotel. Yeah. Like, when does that happen? (laughs) Housewives don't stay in hotels. They get chic, like, big residents to all stay in together. Right. Right. They don't stay in hotels. That's not a thing.
0: It's it, it, like Candace like brought it in terms of that. And it's like, that's the like, and also it was like that plus the Karen and Giselle scene earlier. I forgot how much of this show used to sort of be about like status, you know, because it used to be like, well, in Potomac, like, like the, like. The tears of, like, Potomac and, like, the charity work and, like, all that. Like, that's gone now for some reason. And, like, feel like we need to maybe bring that back to a certain extent. And, like,
1: I'm fine with not, like, I'm fine if Housewives isn't just rich people. I think that it is, like, sure, I think you need a certain amount of money. Yeah. um But, like, I get it. Like, I'm, like... Love Monica on Salt Lake City. She doesn't have nearly as much money as everybody else. I love, as much as most people hate her, I love Gina on OC. She doesn't have as much money as everyone else. Like, you don't have to be the richest. You just need to not be cheap. Yeah. And I think that's what Ashley is. It's it's a little cheap. Yeah. It's a little cheap. Especially because she doesn't have Michael's money at her beck and call anymore
0: seemingly theoretically yeah um karen's the first one there before even candace which i found I, i i i i i'm the type of person to show up early but like not that early like
1: yeah i show up like three minutes before it's supposed well i show up 30 minutes before it's supposed to start sit in my car and then like three to five minutes before it starts then i will walk up timidly to the door
0: yeah that's, what that's doing. me. <laughs> um, and the woman Elizabeth introduced herself to Karen. It's like, yes, we're part. Uh, I'm the chief officer, or whatever, of this perfumery. And I love Karen. Goes well. We're in the same family. I've had Ladom for five years. I mean Bloomingdale's. Now it's like, of course, Karen is like, gonna like take the moment to plug Ladom. I think she does it later too. And Candace is just like, look, a businesswoman is a businesswoman all the time. So right,
1: like, but that's the thing is that. Karen never does it in a way that is disrespectful. Yeah. It's never in a tearing someone else down. It's always in a,
0: okay, and me. Right. Um, the guests start arriving. Mia's mom couldn't be there because Mia said that she had work or whatever. I kind of feel bad for Mia because we know the, the tumultuous history with right. her mother. And she says in the professional like, you know, I've gotten to the point where it's like, I'm good. And it's like, I guess, but like, I kind of feel in your voice that's not the case. Yeah. Well, I mean...
1: I, I feel really bad for Mia this season, with mm. all the stuff going down with G, with all the stuff she's dealt with with Jacqueline last season, yeah, you know, and the stuff with her mom. It's just like she's going through it. I feel like this just needs to let Mia be this season. Let Let her flounder a bit. We're not really paying attention. It's okay. Just do your thing in the background. You're not at risk for getting
0: fired. You're no, fine. you're fine. Um, oh my god! Charisse walks in with her daughter, and they cut to Karen's face. <laughs>
1: she has the biggest screw face. She I've looks ever like seen. she's sucking
0: a lemon. <laughs> <laughs> it's like something bad in her mouth. Yeah. Um, Sheila, uh, is at one point talking to like a bunch of the, like it's she, Ashley's mom, Sheila, and like Dorothy and a couple others. And they're talking about like, oh, you know, how are Ashley's kids? Like, you get to see them all the time. She's like, yeah, I'm always helping out. And Dorothy goes, yeah, I'm waiting for that. And they cut to Candace being like, (laughs) this bitch. (laughs) It's like, come on. Like, she's trying. She's got embryos. Like, you know, give her some time. It'll be fine. Um, Wendy is not there because allegedly she has a book signing uh for her like paperback version of her book that came out a couple years ago it's so like candace is on the phone with neck or excuse me with wendy like telling her i'm so sorry you can't be here i wish you were here and wendy's like i'm i'm rooting you on whatever and NECA, like literally comes up as she, wendy's on speakerphone and neca just has to be there like okay <laughs> Cool. And then Candace says her confessional, Wendy, why are you doing this to me, girl? I wish we weren't dealing with this NECA situation because I feel like it may be playing a part. Now... I don't. I, I believe Wendy had this event booked because yeah. it's like whatever.
1: But I also believe that she didn't put any effort into changing it.
0: And I also feel like, yeah, I'm not gonna bring my mother right <laughs> to this event.
1: Good on Wendy.
0: When we the feud is about my mom, yeah, <laughs> that's not gonna happen. No, Can't, I'm gonna, I'm not fighting in this beautiful castle. <laughs> that's right. Um, Mia and Sharice are talking at one point and Mia asks Sharice how her and Karen are and I love Sharice just goes, girl, you know, the answer (laughs) I can't make people like me. I'm fabulous, but if you don't see it, that's your problem. I kind of, I really liked Sharice this episode and I felt like, I felt like last season she was trying too hard, right? She was trying too hard to push the Karen thing. And like, she kind of came in with an agenda here this season. I mean, we have only seen her the first episode, but like she's kind of just being herself in a way. And I think that's better, but she's also doing a job. Like she's like what we see her do with Ashley later. And this Mia stuff, like she's doing work, but it doesn't feel so put on. Yeah. It's really
1: frustrating because I think here's, here's my, my point of view on casting. I think that if we had a Sharice instead of a Giselle, Mm -hmm. then Robin would be a lot more tolerable. Maybe. But I also don't think that Robin deserves another chance. I think she has played in our faces too many times, and her and Giselle both need to go. Yeah. I'd be happy to see Sharice back.
0: I wouldn't mind it. And I think she could. I I like I parts of Sharice, like, in her first couple seasons. Is she the most iconic, memorable? No, but I do think she does her job. Like, And
1: she activates Karen, which is always good television. Yeah.
0: Um, Mia's like, yeah, like I've said that same prayer, and like I, you know, I see people drop like flies. And Sharice goes, speaking of which I saw Jacqueline yesterday. <laughs> Great transition. Mia goes, Oh, is she good? And Sharice goes, She actually cried. I was talking about you. But then she goes, you know, NECA met her too, and she didn't speak very favorably about you to NECA. <laughs> NECA details this in her confessional. She goes, Like, it was an experience. She was saying, you know, everything that she's ever known about Mia, about, like, you know, all the stuff that we saw last season about, like, this sleeping with married men, blah, 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 whatever. She's like, it carried on for, like, two hours. I mean, at least she could have done is, like, you know, paid my tab after that.
1: Yeah, I, I really wish that Jacqueline hadn't done that. Because I think after last episode. And, of course,
0: Jacqueline doesn't know. No,
1: of course she doesn't. But I think after last episode, Mia was maybe in a place where she was primed. To work on that friendship right and i think now after hearing that mia is not interested again and i think that her and jacqueline's dynamic is good
0: yeah and she said like i haven't spoken to jacqueline or whatever it's not out of not trying it's not out of you know trying and failing or whatever like i've just been having too much on my plate right now yeah. she's like i'm going through a lot
1: yeah <laughs> she does not have the bandwidth to try to repair that
0: right um they all sit down for brunch um, oh Ashley, they have like these like caviar, whatever. And Ashley's like, yeah, it's good. And Sheila, her mom goes, you're faking it right now, <laughs> by the way. And I, I bring this up as well. Did you see the, f- like Ashley posted a video of her, like trying the caviar from her phone. Right. From this party. Like she posted yep. it on her like social media and you hear candace and karen and NECA like in the background like talking about robin and about it's nothing salacious like it's like you know they're just kind of discussing robin in the way that we didn't see on the show necessarily but the fact that ashley's like recording stuff in that way and like i again why is candace trusting her Right. I don't trust her as far as I can throw her. Like I, I think that's more egregious than reality. We'll get to it. Well, I don't know about who well,
1: <laughs> We will get to it.
0: it. It's more egregious in parts. There's parts of it that are definitely much more egregious. No, we'll talk. <laughs> oh, God. Um, Cherise then asked Ashley about like her love life. And is like, you know, I know you said you had gotten the papers. Like, when do you want to sign the papers? Like, realistically, Ashley goes, I mean, it's very emotional and I just don't feel the urgency right now. Like it's, mm-hmm. it means it's pretty final. Mm-hmm. It's like, what, you don't have the urgency. Like, what do you do? Like, like I
1: look from an emotional standpoint, I understand why you would be like, this is really difficult and it's not something that I necessarily have the ability to do right now. And it's difficult. and I, I don't wanna, agree. I don't want to tie. I don't want to do it because it's like a finality of it. I get that. I get that there is that emotional thing, but I don't think that that's real.
0: Yeah, I was going to say there's no emotional part in what Ashley's like. Right?
1: Like, I understand that that is a thing that people go through during divorce. I don't think that that is something that you are struggling with. Yeah. I think you are struggling with the financial issue of it.
0: Cherise says in her confessional, you know, when I got divorced, like, I couldn't wait. Like, like, yeah. And she's like, but I think Ashley's having reservations. She needs his finances. You know, he knew what he married. Yep. And I was like, Wow. I mean Sure. Um, yeah. So uh Karen at one point asked if Robin's coming and she said that Robin text Candace says that Robin texted her, uh, that she didn't think it would be healthy to be in the group right now with the issues and that they can get together at another time. And Candace goes, I didn't disagree with her. <laughs> like Yeah. It's probably right. Yeah. Um, uh, Ashley, then I was so confused with it. Ashley then asked Karen, you know, what's, you know, what's next for us? Karen, are you inviting us to Surrey to your, your, uh, family farm and all that stuff? Karen goes, I would love to invite you all at the same time, but for insurance purposes, I cannot. <laughs> so I would be liable. And you know how you all, all get, I was like, wait, what, what does that mean? Also, I'm pretty sure that when you invite
1: the girls someplace for the show, the show's insurance covers it.
0: Yeah, like, what, like, but insurance for, like, what? To just, like, look at the farm?
1: Well, I mean, these girls don't just look. Sure. Not to mention the fact that this group of women has had violence.
0: Oh, that's true. Uh, and especially on, like, well, it wasn't really a farming land. It was a vineyard, but, you know. What well, is
1: it? I mean, isn't that what they do out there? Is They have vineyards?
0: I, get, I don't know much about Surrey County other than what Karen's told me, but... No, that's fair. Um, so Candace then uh, thanks everyone for coming. And then right before they leave, uh, she brings them into like the main galley and she performs her song Win, which uh, she was like, I thought it would be fitting. Uh, they Candace said, um, uh, Candace was on a podcast this past week, sort of talking about like Potomac and sort of all that stuff. She mentioned that there was a scene that was apparently cut from this part where Candace also, like I, I'm assuming during the same section, like, made a point to do, like, a tribute to Karen's mom. Like, like ex- explicitly because Karen's mom's passed away. And Karen talks a little bit about, like, you know, Raven, you know, back to New York. My mom's not here. I mean, I'm here by myself, but, you know. And I would have... I thought that would have been important to see... Well,
1: yes, and I agree with you. Um, the problem is is that this production company hates Karen, or not Karen, Candace, Candace and wants to make her look as bad as possible. It
0: really, I, 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 I'm not a Candace stan. I can critique Candace when need be. But I'm re- a proud candy. Yeah, is that, well, that's confusing. It's, yeah, well. Maybe it, they just don't
1: like people named Candy. Well, it's, it's the candies. I think is what it's, it used to be candy canes. I think it has evolved into the candies. Okay. Uh, because the uh, people that hate her have been called the sour candies. Did you come back from the board meeting? (laughs) I did. We had a meeting this past weekend. Uh, it was very educational, um as we then as on, we
0: go to roar with the La Robins and then on the
1: drive back uh <laughs> <laughs> we <laughs> uh we decided that the sour candies were insecure sure. and then <laughs> we got to stop
0: um but no here's the thing no i i can critique candace when she's wrong like i feel but like It is so blatantly obvious. Like, truly original makes it so blatantly obvious when they don't like someone. There's been other seasons of Housewives with different producers and different production companies where people get bad seasons or bad edits. I get that happens. Like, that's fine. But it's never as blatant
1: as this. I mean, even on Beverly Hills where Kyle consistently gets a good edit, right? It's... Never I this egregious. I don't think
0: they're giving Kyle
1: the best at it this season. Right, but it's still better than it could be, I think. Right. They're still letting her produce scenes.
0: Yes, that yeah, and that's different than but like doing needless flashbacks and like sort of things that are just receipts
1: like, that don't actually say what anything. They th- are assessing that they say. And
0: Candace I think said it on Watch What Happens Live when they brought up the whole like bitch receipts. She's like that, that you there are literally so many receipts about Robin and Giselle that you could be playing and you're not playing them from yeah. the reunion from like you mentioned it the like the optics that the op- was
1: the wrong date that didn't apply to the situation
0: right but even like the optics of the hotel comment the everything that we say should be on camera comment from robin right that's not none of that is getting played this season right no it's just stuff to make candace look bad and and it's i and because i i believe it it's a trend because we're also seeing it on atlanta with the exact same production company with the exact same executive producer
1: right who is doing the exact same bullshit making kenya look bad when they're and, active, candy, and candy and to an candy extent. to an extent, but they're actively trying to also make Marla look good. And they still didn't have enough to make Marla look good. They just made her look neutral. And
0: both times it's like, guys, like, don't like if you try this hard, it's never going to work. Right. Sorry. Yeah, Um, we then go to the final scene. It's Candace and Robin doing their meetup get-together. Candace says in her confessional, like, in my mind, this is not something that we can't move past. I stated my opinion along with the rest of the universe, but you're mad at me? And yes, it's not like Karen wasn't doing interviews where she was saying similar shit. It wasn't like Wendy. I get that Robin isn't like Wendy at this point, you know, whatever. But like people were saying shit, Robin. Like what the, like you, why is it only Candace?
1: Yeah. I mean, I guess if you want to make the argument that she was friends with Candace. And so she expected better from her. Fine. I get that. But then also you were friends with Candace. And so she expected better from you.
0: Right. And you literally, I get, I said it online again, watch the scene where Robin pulls out the speaker to embarrass Candace in front of that table in Miami. That, that is literally what Robin is mad about now. But also when she didn't even, you bypassed me to, instead of addressing your issue with something I said or did, You bypass me and put it out on a public forum in which to embarrass me. That is what Robin is mad at Candace for. And it's exactly what Robin did last year. Well, and the
1: thing is, is that with the speaker thing, right? She didn't even listen to it herself. Right. All she did was get a clip from someone else that sent it to her and then played that. She was literally wrong. She didn't even have enough loyalty to Candace to check the source. And check the original context of things. Yeah. She just gave this stranger in her DMs the benefit of the doubt instead of her friend. Right. Like, these situations are not equal.
0: Right. And it's like, you can't, like, that's the thing. Robin's, because everyone's like, yeah, Robin kind of got Candace at this lunch or whatever. Robin's point makes sense. I still sen- don't see that. Robin's point maybe makes sense without context. Right. And it's like, come on. You have to factor in the context. Um, Candace starts and goes, so the purpose for me coming here is for me to listen to you. So I just want you to explain to me, like what that I've done to hurt you. Robin goes, I feel like it should be pretty self-explanatory. And as soon as Robin said that, I'm like, okay, I know how this is going to go. Yep. Like, it's like, fine. I mean, Robin basically said in the confessional, she's coming here to fight and not, you know, whatever. Robin goes, I feel anyone would feel the way that I feel when they see a friend take to social media, Print media, television media, and repeatedly pretty much spread lies and trash them and drag them for a personal decision that had nothing to do with you. And it's like to even extend it beyond social media to say print media, tell so she can't vocalize anything negative about you ever in any any form of media when she thinks that something's wrong. When you're literally on a fucking reality show, you're not not just in terms of when you're filming, but like you're doing interviews with publications all the fucking time, right? And I'm sorry, you're not gentle with Candace in, in, in interviews all the fucking time. Yeah, it's crazy. Robin goes, when you took to Twitter and gave your ranting commentary, I said, "Oh, the friendship is killed." Candace goes, "I didn't." What I did, I didn't want it to be offensive. I didn't do it to be offensive to you. Robin says her confessional. If you didn't mean to offend me, what did you mean to do? She wanted something to come out of that detrimental towards me. But even if you didn't mean to offend me, who does that to their friends? Again, I would point that fucking back at you. Like, like, again, watch the fucking speaker scene. Like, it's so, like, like... Candace goes, I didn't think anything of it because, we, and she says, is a professional, I didn't think anything of it because we all tweet about each other. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's like, come on. It's part of being on the show. Right. Candace goes, it's categorically unfair to have this issue with me and then not let me know that you are offended. I had no idea. People are saying, like, how could Candace not know, blah, blah, blah. Fine. I can get the, like, Candace, you should – like, why is Candace confused now? Like, I can understand people saying that. That doesn't excuse the fact that Robin never led with saying that she was hurt. And I'm sorry. I don't care what the offense is. I don't care. You need to lead with that. And if you don't, you just – like, again, we talked about it. It's called adult communication. Right. Robin says, I am not throwing my husband under the bus for anyone's entertainment. And so if while I'm filming a show, that issue is no longer an issue, I'm not digging that up to make my husband look bad. Candace then goes, we are on a show about our lives. And Robin goes, there is a thin line between how much we should share, especially about our partners, and what we keep to ourselves. And so I would make the same decision again.
2: Okay. Here's the thing about that. Fine. I'll give that to you. You didn't want to put
0: Juan on Front Street you, you thought you, – you think that it will be you, a bad wife move or a bad partner move to embarrass your, your husband by speaking about something that he did on a national platform and relitigating something in a way that, you know, whatever. Like and, – and you didn't want to make him look bad. Fine. Totally understandable. To, to, makes total sense. Follow-up question with that. Why the fuck
2: are you on this show? Yeah. You are on reality television. That's the job. Sorry. That's the job. And what are you then saying when Candace and
0: Chris fight on camera, when Candace and Chris or Candace and or Chris talk about their issues you know, in terms of how uh something that they did upset them. When Karen does that with Ray, when, you know, Ashley does that, whoever are they embarrassing their husbands? Are they embarrassing their partners? Are they not being good partners? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. I mean, I saw I saw
1: a tweet about this, and I don't know for some reason I thought that you tweeted it from the Gay and his NBA account, and I guess not, because I couldn't find it just now to read off of it. But somebody brought up that Okay, so if that's the case, then why didn't um, raise tax issues happen off-camera? Mm-hmm. Didn't, like, all these other things. There's been a laundry list of things that you and Giselle have gone after other people on this show for that have happened off-camera. Can
0: I add one to the list? Sure. That not, not, no not enough people are talking about. If we want to talk about the discussion of, like, this happened while we weren't filming, and so when we came back from filming, it wasn't a thing. And so that's why I didn't talk about it because that's what Robin's saying, right? Mm-hmm. You know what happened post-filming? Chris and Giselle in the hotel room. Right. That was literally—, literally After the reunion they, Andy literally wrapped on set, and then that conversation happened. So by definition, the season ended. Right. It should not have come up. Why did it come up three months fucking later on fucking camera? Why weren't you
2: telling Giselle? Why the fuck are you bringing this up right now? Yeah. Like. Especially when nothing happened. Right. But it's okay for, because it's not your husband. That's the
0: thing. The thin line that you're talking about here when you're talking to Candace. Is between whether it's
1: my stuff or y'all stuff. Right that's the thin line it's so fucking the stupid. thin line is h- called hypocrisy
0: yeah um robin then goes where I have the biggest issue is you spreading the narrative that me, Giselle, and Ashley were in cahoots on a cover up for Juan and deliberately plotted on your husband. I told, I said before, I don't necessarily know if Robin's a cog in that. But, but she
1: definitely played into
0: it. Well, and Candace, Whether she meant to or not, whether
1: she did it with knowledge or not, she definitely was a part of that cover up.
0: Well, Candace makes a good point that's not necessarily being picked up on. Candace goes, It was very uncharacteristic of you to go against your friend and to come to the defense of Chris and me. She goes, I think you knew what Giselle was planning to do. Meaning, you may not have, it may not have been a we sat down and we had this discussion. We had a meeting, like they've had the, which they clearly had those dinner meetings, by the way. Right. But there's no proof of it, but it's so to me, it's obvious what's happening. But like, I'm not saying you had a meeting where you.
1: I mean, there is proof of it. Every time they have one of those meetings, they tweet a picture of all of them sitting around the dinner table. Right.
0: But we all know what that is, and it's. But it's like there's no like key of what the conversation is, right? Sure. But like, I. It may not be that you had a meeting. But you know your friend. Right. And like you said, the thin line that you're talking about, all those things into a, into a factor. When she, like, you, went, you didn't just have this conversation, by the way, about when Giselle said these things. You were in front of a camera, you
2: had mic packs on, you knew you were filming a scene. Right. And so you know what your friend is doing. At a certain and she
0: th- clocked what she was doing in the scene. Yes, but she's not saying... Like, the other thing is that... And, and I understand Candace, in a sense, puts Robin in an impossible situation because Robin's never going to admit this. But Robin's never going to say, Giselle did this with the intention of making Chris look bad and to, to lead a charge that Chris is this, like, nefarious person or whatever. She's never going to say that. She's going to say, I... You know, I believe Giselle is hurt, but she should. I think she has no reason to like feel that Chris did anything. Right, right. But she's not going to say Giselle is plotting. Giselle is having. You know, Giselle doing this on camera, changing the story, adding the Deborah stuff. On top of that, is is wrong. You know, like whether you think it's a plot, whether you think it's premed, it's wrong. Right, and you're not. You're not saying that. Right, and you're never going to say that. Because that's your friend.
1: But Candace was also your friend. Right. That's the point.
0: Exactly. You
1: should have just as much loyalty to her as you do Giselle.
0: Yeah. To the, like, I think Candace saying, I think you knew what Giselle was planning to do. Robin goes, do you know how disgusting that is? Candace goes, it is disgusting that you are friends with someone. And this was interesting phrasing. Who does this for lunch and then goes to sleep. (laughs) Candace has a way with words. She goes, birds of a feather flock together. Candace goes, I don't know why I'm not allowed to feel a particular way. And then you make it about you. And Robin, like, laughs because it's like, Ugh. but it's like, yeah, like, you're you're expressing your feelings and saying, you made me feel a certain way. Why can't Candace do the same? Right. Robin goes, because people take that as a fact, which is a Like, like I understand Twitter is the way it is. And like, yes, we don't have. And I, that's why I'm saying I don't have the facts that Robin is involved in a cover up. And I don't have the facts that Robin was a part of what Giselle and Ashley are doing. And. That is fine, and I understand that that becomes a certain thing or whatever. But again, like you can't even acknowledge the base part as to why what you did was wrong. So why, like, why are we going to get to when you know? If you could admit that, I could see a realm in which Candace could be like, yeah, I maybe went a little too far in terms of that. Right. If she can admit, I understand. If if just if Robin could even say, I can understand how that would make you feel when you are. On a show exposing a lot about your relationship, right? Right. I can acknowledge that while I made that decision and while I felt it was the right decision for my family and my marriage and all this stuff, I can understand why that upsets you. But Robin can't do that. Well, and not only
1: does Robin not do that, but then she also undercuts her entire argument when a few months later she goes on her podcast and says, yeah, I know enough about Chris to believe that he actually did have this affair.
0: Right. And got
1: a woman pregnant. You don't get to have it both ways. You don't get to say, well, you don't get to go out there and say this thing you know, because it becomes fact, what you just said on your podcast also became fact.
0: And again, and also what you, again, going back to the fact that you're on a show doing this as well, it's not just podcasts and Twitter and all that stuff. Right. How many stuff have you said about Karen over the years right. that we're supposed to then, because you've said it all the time, believe that it's fact, that she's a drunk, that she, you know, cheats on Ray, that she, you know, uh, you know, all all this stuff, right? Like, it becomes anyone anyone on this show and on Housewives in general could make that
1: argument. How many times has the Blue Wise Man come up on this show about Karen?
2: Season after season after season, and it's like, but if but if Karen says that's none of your business, you don't accept that, right? so why so why do you
0: get a different treatment again it's we've said this like throughout this whole season it's so like mind-numbing that it's just like yeah, yeah it's so frustrating they get into it back and forth and robin just goes okay like we're good so now you know how i feel you feel i have the propensity to make up lies about your husband so you should never want to be my friend and i you know what I'll give because I see a lot of people being like, "Why does Candace? If Candace thinks all this stuff, why should she be Robin's friend?" I give you that.
2: I totally give you that. Candace shouldn't be your friend.
0: Yeah. I would extend that to Ashley, like I mentioned, but it's like she shouldn't. Well, and and that's the
1: that's the part that I wish because I don't think that Candace really is aware of the fact that she maybe doesn't believe that Robin was involved in the conspiracy. Right. I think that she believes that emotionally and doesn't uh, get that in as far as a fact. Yeah, that's fair. And so she's saying, no, you're involved, but she keeps giving her chances. And she keeps giving her chances because she's still her friend. Because at the end of the day, Robin didn't actively do this. She just participated. Giselle did this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who was also her friend at the time, right? That's the other thing.
0: It's like they were enemies,
1: like they were actively friendly, and then Giselle did this, so like there's a reason that Giselle is cut off, and Robin is still like there's still a tether there,
0: yeah, yeah. I can see that, but Candace just gets up and walks off, and it's just yeah. like yeah i I think if you're on one side or the other like you you people are in their camps or whatever, but it's just like to me it's like I can't get behind Robin, I just think like can't like like. To me, like to be on uh, opposite Candace's side is to ignore last year, and I can't ignore last year. Yeah. You know. That was Potomac for this week. Um, interesting enough episode. Um, we are going to take a quick commercial break, and then when we come back, we're talking part three of the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City reunion. Don't go anywhere. Do you want something new to put on your reading list? Are you feeling your holiday spirit grow while also being astutely politically in tune? Then you'll want to pick up The Santa
1: Strike, a new book by Shanna Hamaker.
0: While home in Midland, Texas, on a weekend visit with the eccentric uncle who raised him, Marion Wachloski, otherwise known as Mary, discovers a long-forgotten letter Uncle Joe wrote to Santa Claus. Mary keeps it to share with his girlfriend Lindsay and his best friend Tommy, At first, they consider the letter to be nothing more than a silly lark. What kind of grown man would write a letter to Santa? But soon, Mary and Lindsay find themselves caught in a much larger mystery concerning many, many more letters to Santa, all surrounding the crisis of gun
2: violence in America.
1: You can order The Santa Strike now on Amazon, available both on Kindle and in paperback.
2: Sidekick Media Services. We are your sidekick in business for social media, video production, and more. Find out more at sidekickmediaservices.com
1: Welcome back to Again is MB. Let's head one more time to the finale of this amazing show and t- finally dive into the reality of double standards. Unreal Housewives of Salt Lake City.
0: Okay, Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. I don't disagree with you on certain double standards. Here is my thing. I've concluded, and I think everyone's very opinion, like very people. People are very upset. Like I have
1: had the Twitter Twitter trolls coming after me this week. Sure,
0: but people are entrenched. I think on both sides. I think you see some people kind of on both sides of things. I think there is a lot of times. Here is the thing. I'm more like, I think it's a lot of people are going after Heather. I thought Lisa was the worst. This reunion, like we'll get, I yeah. do you think Lisa's performance is worse than Heather's and not enough people are talking about it.
1: I think Heather performed very well.
0: Sure. And I said, but that's the thing. I said it at the finale. Heather performs like, I, I don't deny that, but I would say also like a lot of housewives perform.
1: Yeah. But I think this is particularly orchestrated.
0: Um, y- yes, sure. There's an argument to be made on that. I think that everyone on this reunion, I think, th- th- like, there were moments where I think they were on point, And I think there were moments where I had questions and, like, didn't really love answers from everyone. Monica, Heather, you know, pretty much everyone. And I think, like, I think it's much more, I think it's a little nuanced. And I think that... Heather, I understand the, the vitriol people have for Heather right now. I think it, it's understandable to a certain extent. I think there are certain things that I think people are attributing to Heather that I think aren't as fair. I think there's some that is. But I just think like – I I don't know. I look at Heather like a th- – this is not going to sound like a compliment based on how we talk about her. But hold on. I look at Heather like a Tamra. Okay. I, I think Heather has a very Tamra quality about her that I don't think a lot of people recognize and you're some you're either two ways about Tamara. Either you fucking hate her fucking guts or you can be like but she's a really good housewife and like there's an intelligence to the way she moves. Yeah. And I think I fall I fall in between. I think Andy made such a point when he talked. Okay. So by the way, also like hours before this episode aired, people broke the news that Monica is not returning. Correct. Um, Clearly this came from Monica, the source of that, the people thing. Right. Right. Because who who else?
1: But also we have heard from her. This was not her decision.
0: Right. Even the, Andy kind of acted like that she chose to leave. Like, yeah, uh, on what's What Happens Live but he she talks says she's about said, it. She says she's, taking, he says she's taking a break, which right. kind of puts it on Monica in a way. But also, I would say the language of Andy and the network executives and stuff, it definitely feels like a break. It doesn't feel like a she's dead to the network and she's never coming back.
1: I think she'll be back mid season next season. I think
0: it's very, I think she could film a couple scenes. I think that I said, it'd be interesting to do like a Daniel Staub season two thing where like nobody filmed with Danielle season two. And maybe she showed up at an event. Like she showed up at the post fashion show. And it's like, there's, there's a, I don't think her presence is gone from our world. I think that's another thing people need to recognize, not just from like Salt Lake city, but, She's going to be on Traitors. She's going to be on yeah. House of Villains. She, the, like, the way her star power came from, like, everything that's happened, she, like, people are going to be chomping at the door to have her on her show. Yeah. And so she's made in that regard. I don't think people have to worry about that. Um, but, so, Andy, I, I bring that all up about um, the the Monica not returning. Um, Because Andy talked a bit on his radio show about it and was sort of talking about like how the reunion – he views the reunion in many cases as a way in which people can – like it's for entertainment value, sure. But also it's your pitch kind of in certain ways sometimes. It's your pitch for the next season. Mm -hmm. It's your – to ensure – like that's what we said. Monica has to – like Monica's performance – to a certain extent is going to determine if she comes back next season. Right. Like going into it, you know, Andy's talked about like, they weren't originally going to bring Portia back after her first season, but her performance at the reunion was so good that they gave her another shot. So like that was kind of in the back of my mind. And I feel like Monica didn't do the best job in terms of getting making the argument right right Heather while manipulative and performative in many ways and all that made the better argument sure and I think and and Monica was going up against a lot don't get me wrong but I think there were certain choices Monica made even choices I liked that didn't benefit her
1: yeah I I really wish and I I don't remember if I said that said this here or if I said this just to you But I really wish that Monica had had a chance to do a one-on-one with Andy and and Heather. Yeah,
0: you mentioned that on the podcast. Um, And I think think you were right. Because I think
1: we can see
0: Monica gets
1: tired. She gets worn down, and then she shuts down. We'll get to it, but by the end, she basically quits. Right. Um, And I think that that wasn't due to Heather. It's definitely, it's definitely due, to Lisa. due to Lisa, and I
0: get it because I wanted to strangle Lisa this reunion. Yeah, like it was like Jesus, shut the
1: fuck up. Well, I mean, Angie was doing a lot too, but I think if it was just if it was just Monica and Heather got to sit down, yeah, and really talk about things because there's some shit that Heather was involved in that didn't get addressed. Sure. There's plenty of evidence that Heather has known about Reality Von Teese and what was behind it for years. I so There's I, the text messages with Koa, where Koa sends her the information that then
0: gets leaked on Reality Von Teese. So it's like... Why not put two and two together? That was going to be what I was going to say. It was like, I don't know if she... Know, like, my question was, did she know about Reality Von Teese? She definitely knew about the videos. And, right. But I, if they get posted on Reality Von Teese, how do you not then say... So and I honestly don't believe that she didn't know about that that cease and desist. Well, she brings it up here, and, and she brings it up at the reunion at one point. And I was like, "Wait, so when did you find out about that?"
1: Right. I wish she had been pressed on some of this. Yeah. And she wasn't. She wasn't held accountable for anything. She had. There was. There is no way that she didn't at least have all the information. To know what was going on with reality Von Tees.
0: Yeah. She put definitely was in the driver's seat, I would say, most of this reunion. And I think that even if you had even if it wasn't Monica, Andy, and Heather, if it was just Monica and Andy, and yeah. you could have the like the scandal like for Scandal, like have Monica sort of like cite more receipts. Right. I feel like Monica didn't Prepare a lot of receipts. She's claiming she, online.
1: She did prepare a lot, but she didn't get the chance to get it out because she, of how, like, volatile the reunion was. She's
0: claiming there was more in the burn book. I felt like she was also kind of implying that they didn't show certain things, but I don't.
1: I, I think she just didn't get a chance to get to it. She said it's a shame that the burn book flopped so hard because there was a lot in there that I didn't get to yeah. such as certain people sending me things and asking me to put it out on gin that, uh, that in is, their favor. Cause
0: that is smoking gun evidence. If that's right. the case, right? Like that is, that is cut and dry. If they say post this on reality, Von Tease, that's done. It, like right. it, l- this whole argument is done. Like, I think that, We'll get to the burn book. I thought it was really poorly executed. I on actually part.
1: I think I figured out why she did the burn book and it was because a few weeks before the reunion taped, um, Renee Rapp, who stars in the new Mean Girls musical, yeah. um, talked about how iconic Monica was and how much she absolutely loved her and I think that's like she was trying to do a shout out to her and it just flopped real hard yeah monica
0: and uh, renee rep both also very ageist Um <laughs> just kidding um yeah so they start we start back up on the episode um we uh get the uh well andy also says that he feels like was giving him the stink eye this entire reunion which i found hilarious
1: Meredith was just having a good time. She's like, she like, just wasn't involved like, in pretty much anything. Everything's great.
0: Of this. Like she's just like yeah, yeah. And yeah, we'll get to Meredith in a little bit too. They play a package about the games. Like this whole thing of like now the playing. Like now it's a, just a trope of like these shitty like games that just are meant to start fights. Like. Yep. And I love they they show the makeup meltdown that Lisa's having. Lisa like laughing watching it. It's like oh my god. How self. Unaware, are you? Yeah. Uh, I, uh, yeah. I, how do you see that and think that's
1: funny and not embarrassing? Here's
0: the thing I, th- I loved Lisa, you know me, I loved Lisa for like the last three seasons because I found her very funny and very camp and I thought she kind of leaned into the her eccentricness. Now I'm like, it's a, it, it's, it's at best a coping mechanism. At two, it's just really off putting that, yeah. Like, I think she's bought into her own supply. Yeah um and then they show the clip of of when they're at the pioneer day and monica like mocking lisa's voice or whatever lisa goes in in real time lisa goes because you're 12 and monica goes it's better than 55 acting like what you guys do (laughs) lisa goes you gotta stop with that you gotta they're like fighting as the package is like the package is even done and they're bleeding into fighting she goes you gotta stop with that you gotta be smarter and monica goes i can say whatever the fuck i want lisa and lisa goes you're not really good at arguing
1: I I really think that Lisa was told by Heather to stay on stay on. Oh, her I neck. don't
0: I don't think she needed Heather to tell her.
1: Well, but I I do think that that whole side of the couch had a plan and an agenda.
0: That's fair. Like, yes, I think that I definitely think they. If anything, Heather was like, "Have my back," because she said that. Well,
1: before. yes, but I think it was specifically, "Don't let her talk. Don't let her get anything out about this reality von T stuff. Don't let her make a point." Stay screaming at her. Never let her make have anything
0: land. Maybe I can see. I can see that it's hard when it's Lisa because it's like sometimes like Lisa just does that. Like, like Sure, like, but it,
1: it felt very much like she was taking every opportunity to interrupt, every opportunity to scream.
0: It's the worst. But they just start arguing. Whitney cuts in, and goes, "I really want to praise Meredith for her shaking of the butter. She was very committed." And and when she the way Meredith nods, like she's like a like then the fact that it is revealed that Meredith then took
1: this butter around to restaurants <laughs> and it. have them serve it on a
0: what. Can I, like, we don't talk. Meredith had a great season. I liked Meredith this season a lot. She was a lot of fun yeah. this season. Um, Aaron, Andy asked Monica why she took it so personally when Lisa kicked her off the wagon in the Pioneer thing. And Lisa goes, did you expect me to keep you on it? Monica goes, I didn't expect you to keep me on it. It was your monologue of bullshit. And Lisa goes, what, that you don't support women? You don't. What is this supporting women thing? Can we stop? Like, <laughs> It didn't work when Ramona did it.
1: It doesn't work today. Stop.
0: Like, But again, what is it? If you fight a man, like that's different? Like, <laughs> But also, you don't support women.
1: Apparently just means you have a disagreement with women.
0: Right. It's just crazy. Andy, go, Andy asks, Lisa, when was the last time that you did your own makeup? And she's like, probably 2019. She says that she has a makeup artist on retainer daily just for like any, like, you know, just for the day, like any event or whatever. Mary cuts in and goes... Lisa you do know that's insecurity right Like that's not normal <laughs> <laughs> And Lisa goes No it's not it's what I like Angie goes she actually can't see And Lisa goes yeah I actually can't see that Great what does she mean by that
1: I think she just means that the, is it She that Lisa- needs glasses and it's too vain to wear them
0: <laughs> God I, like Lisa goes Like I literally can't see to do my own makeup you was like kill me <laughs> That's a lot <laughs> Uh, Lisa goes, I just don't want to. I told John, I'm going to die with glam and draped in diamonds. Those are my things. It's like, the, I, now I've, I flipped. I've, I literally, like, I was giving Lisa kind of the benefit of the doubt on the whole out of touch thing. Here, I'm like, no, it's just too performative and crazy yeah. where it's like, yeah, you are out of touch and, and sounds so... Well, I think... Because I almost... you're, you're performing it, right? Right. It's I not... think she's leaning
1: into it. I think that she realized that people liked that and now she's trying too hard. Yeah. It's exhausting. Uh, like, I I can't.
0: Andy goes, Monica, how long have you been practicing your Lisa Barlow impression? And Lisa goes, since season one. And, and Monica just goes, shut up, honestly.
1: <laughs> like, honestly like even if I didn't agree with Monica on shit I would stand with her simply because of how irritating Lisa has been
0: yeah every time she told Lisa to shut the fuck up it was a mood she goes you are so obsessed with thinking that I'm obsessed with you I'm not your voice is just so easy to do it's all we hear oh my god Monica Monica oh my god and Andy goes to the Middle East and goes was that a good impression and Lisa goes it's it's close <laughs> and then so but that but there is a hypocrisy too then they just start doing it's everyone's impressions because andy like brings up Meredith whitney impression which is hilarious and but everyone's laughing at it so it's like why is it when monica does it it's whatever um and then meredith does it at the couch and mary goes now you gotta do it like this meredith meredith (laughs) and whitney goes is that how i sound and she goes yeah Angie's Meredith is also a very good impression. There's a nasty, it was actually pretty solid. Yeah. Um, Andy then asked Mary about the botting shaming comment that she made about Heather on Watch What Happens Live, which I forgot about, and I'm glad they brought it up. Also, I love the flashback of Mary going, I've never seen a course get in like a size 14.
2: A course
0: is that and i'm not trying to make a fat joke but i'm just like is it was that intentional in terms of like a corset the size of a casket
1: i don't know um i don't think so i think she just didn't pronounce it right i'm
0: sure mary's a fashion icon you know she knows what a corset is. um is she in her own mind (laughs) in my mind in my mind uh heather goes you know, we spoken and she, she said that she didn't mean it that way. And I was like, okay. And, but then I love the way Mary goes, I was not body shaming her at all. That was not my point. I have no reason to do that. And then she goes, and I think she, I think she looks really good, especially today. I guess she shamed me. And Lisa goes, Oh, that's nice. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, what? not the i apologize it's not even i apologize if it came off as me body shaming you
2: it was i was not body shaming her
1: <laughs> i was not body shaming her i have no reason to do that but she looks inbred
0: not inbred she says you look nice
1: no but she so, she well, has the, said that like, heather looks inbred in the in the past has stood by it Said that her, Heather literally in this reunion says, Heather making fun of my house is more of an egregious statement than um, me saying she looks inbred. I, and looking inbred is not about someone's fashion or their makeup. It is something that is about
0: their features. Yeah. You just give me a vibe. Uh, <laughs> but maybe she genuinely thinks it's a compliment. Like, like, she de- like when she br- Heather brought it up at her house, she felt confused that it was an insult.
2: I don't know. I'm gonna. It, give...
1: It's so weird because in so many well, it's like, ways, what are we talking about? It's in so many ways. Mary seems like the most sane person on this cast right in, now. Yeah, right. But then she says shit like this, and I'm like. Who are you? Yeah. What is going on in, in your brain? I don't understand.
0: Did you see that they, Bravo does like a little, like they film backstage at reunions sometimes for like clips for social media or whatever. They interviewed Mary and Mary being like, I just can't with them being like, Oh my God, we're all friends now. Shut up. No, you're not. <laughs>
2: like, <laughs> we'll get to that part later.
0: <laughs> uh, Andy uh, uh, starts to uh, let Mary go, but she, he asks like, what's your future with this group? She goes, you know, I'm just going to continue to be me, and if people are willing to open up and accept me, like Whitney acts like she's terrified of me which she's not like she's always got something to say (laughs) and Whitney goes I was always scared of disappointing you I'm not scared of you I'm scared of upsetting you and Mary's like doesn't understand like she's like what do you mean (laughs) like Mary you the fact that Mary still doesn't understand that people are fucking terrified of her and like why why she's terrified of but
1: like also Whitney trying to act like that's a different thing than just being scared of her she's trying she's trying to
0: like you no, i don't know
1: whitney could have made a much better point if she said yes i am scared of you because you react volatily. right
0: but that's never going to work with mary like you know you can't confront her that direct. you have to like do it in a reasoning tone that's like and mary goes meredith are you afraid of me monica are you afraid of me angie i can confirm mary angie is afraid of you <laughs> i can almost say that for a fact Yeah. Uh, Meredith goes, Mary and I, not on camera, but we've had words before, and we navigated, and it's done in like two seconds flat. So maybe I can give you guys some lessons on how to navigate Mary. Well, the lesson, Meredith, the lessons don't challenge her because you've never challenged her. (laughs) Honestly. Um, Andy dismisses Mary, and I love Mary. I'm going, Andy, that was good. (laughs) There's just something really funny about that. They all take a break and I'll do like, they all go out for like, like, like bathroom break or just to like touch up or whatever. There's a period where like the only person, the only people on set are Monica and Andy and they're sitting right next to each other. I was, I thought something was going to happen in that like, that middle part. Like,
1: and Andy pretty much just ignores her and sits on his phone. Which makes sense for Andy, actually. That sounds, it does, that sounds like something like, Andy would do. But I would think you would take a moment to, to, like, you know the cameras are still rolling. Yeah. Get a little something.
0: You're still mic'd.
1: Like, you know. If the mics are on, <laughs> so are the cameras.
0: Yeah. We then come back, and they do the package about everything that happened in Bermuda. Um, Andy says that, you know, Monica, we haven't heard your side of the story yet. Um, like, lays out the whole, like, the scenario and goes, are you reality Vontees? Monica goes, I am part of the page, yes. I didn't set up the account. I didn't name the account or open the accounts. Um, and then she says that she was post, yes, some of the posts are hers, but not all of them. I talked a little before about how I feel like both Tanisha and Monica in certain ways are trying to pass the buck to each other in term in different ways. Right. Mm-hmm. Like I think, so Mon, uh, Tanisha did like some podcasts recently. I, Emily from She Speaks Bravo broke it down on her show. And so go listen to that because it's, um, um, uh. It's, it's really well said and like the weekly wrap – it's one of the weekly wrap-ups she does with Kendrick, so she kind of goes into all the details of it. But she mentions that like Tanisha – the account – like Monica and Co- – she says – according to Tanisha and this is – I'm just you know saying what Tanisha says. Monica and Koa – we're trying to start the account right and 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 had you know we're trying to get it started like one of the like they tried it once and then it got like deleted or something like that or taken down whatever Monica
1: like, said during the reunion that it was taken down during for community guidelines violations
0: uh yeah some yeah something of that fact but like denisha had an old account that was a burner account that she was using to spy on her baby daddy according to her and so she basically was like hey just have this account retitle it whatever so – and then she's like – it got to a certain point like down the line even where like that Monica had changed the password on the account at a certain point for like a password recovery whatever, and I didn't have the new password. So there's a pretty extended period where I'm not – I have no access to the to the account, whatever in terms of that. I, I find it troubling when Monica says, I didn't set up the account. I didn't name the account. I think to – like – Yes, Tanisha had to give you her burner account
2: to then you know do all that, but you were like it was you. That's you're playing with words a little bit, like
0: it like to say that you didn't set up the account. Tanisha did is a little misleading.
1: If we're to believe that, if Tanisha we're to believe Tanisha, did, Tanisha like, right? I'm I'm I, like which I don't tend to because everyone else who has spoken up from the reality vontes. Camp is in alignment with what Monica's saying. So I feel like if everyone's have on we, one page and Tanisha's on another one, Tanisha's probably the Have liar. we
0: gotten anyone other than uh Koa? We, we we
1: have gotten Koa, we have gotten Monica And
0: because I was like has the Savannah lady speak spoken out or like, you know, I No,
1: I can't remember. I there's been some more stuff. And I can't remember, yeah, who the other person was. Either way,
0: um, uh, Andy asks, "How long were you posting under the account name?" And Monica goes, "It started in 2021." And Andy asks, "Were you working for Jen at the time?" And Monica goes, "No." That she says that it was not when the she said it wasn't when I was you know in the she says it after I gave my statement to the uh, FBI or whatever, right? Like, that 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 was when it started. Uh, Monica says that it that it started to exp- it was started to expose Jen and how she treated her employees, um, and uh, Monica says I honestly feel like that page did not come for any of them. Um, Andy asks Heather then if there is documentation of it coming for her, and she goes they're still up and like. Oh, this is where I was with like me and you at this point when Heather is bringing up stuff, we were both like, wait, what the fuck? And then I was kind of understanding Heather's point slightly, but then not. And like, it's, it's weird to me because right. we were saying at the time when they were flashing stuff on the screen at the finale of like stuff said about us, we were like, but those are quotes from Jen. Right. What is like they're So everything that reality Von T's posted,
1: literally everything that they ever posted was outing jen for saying or doing fucked up shit some of the shit that she said or did was about the other girls on the show but they were airing that shit not to embarrass the other girls because they tagged them in that they actively wanted them to see what their friend was saying about them that was the point the point was never oh, look at Heather, she's this thing that Jen said.
0: Right. My question was, because this gets some, so Heather brings up like the tranny twin one, right? The, right. And that stuff. Monica goes, what are you talking about? Jen said that. Heather's like, you posted it multiple times. Shrek, Manatee, and, and you know, and all that. And Monica goes, we were sticking up in your defense. And I was like, wait, so, because Heather has brought these up to Jen in the past. She brought them up like season two. Right the, about the Shrek and the manatee thing. Season I don't know, two, which I would have
1: been filmed in twenty twenty one, so she got those from Reality
0: Vontees. You think? I think. My thing, but that's here. Either that, right, or she already got. She like she already had them. Like my question, like what you're mentioning of the like, there were t- they were tagging them to alert them. Mm-hmm. My question is, were they alerting them, or did
2: they already know about this stuff? My thought, and is, was it just exposing it to the world? Well, it was,
1: it was re- exposing it to the world, but really and truly, it was exposing it to it was ex- it was doing multiple things, right? Exposing it to. The Salt Lake City community, right? The people who held Jen in in high regard. Right. It was also exposing it to her friends who she was saying this stuff about. And it was also exposing it to the fans of the show who saw Jen one way and needed it exposed that she was a different way. Right.
2: Right.
0: Which I also debate because the, the whole top the whole topic about like whether it, it gets to a point of like whether it was helping or not right or whether right. it was just hurt hurting more than it helped, and I do think maybe in the part like when I when I was thinking about it more I was like we kind of knew from the show Jen was terrible like if we didn't see those videos like those videos really cemented a lot of things. But you can watch the show and kind of see that Jen is a loose cannon who's terrible to people and yells at staff. She, I think she yelled at staff like her first season. Like, I Sure, but again,
1: then why are all these bitches still her friends?
0: Yes. Why do all these women because still they're on, with her? Because they're on a show together. And we'll get to that point that doesn't benefit Heather later. But like they're on a show together. That's the thing. They're not friends. Like they're on a show. There's a difference, and Heather is trying to act as if that's not a difference, and that's my that's my problem with Heather. Yeah. So, like Andy, then goes explain to me how this works, and Heather goes, "How what works? The internet?" <laughs> like, which I probably my my uh,
1: just, sorry to go back to the Heather confronting, um, Jen about the the Shrek and the manatee comments. Yeah. Did she get those from reality Von Teese's page? Was that something that they posted and then she saw and then confronted her about? Or was that part of the package of things that Koa sent
0: her? Can I? That's the other. That's another possibility. Also, I need to watch back season two. I've literally been saying in my head for weeks, I need to watch back season two because this stuff gets brought up. Not just the Shrek and Manatee thing, but remember Lisa and and Jen had a fight about the the video that came out. The yeah, I want to watch that back and see like what like. So
1: I just part of me is just like y'all have used this page y'all have and have said and held her accountable for the shit that she, so I just, I don't understand at this point, I still don't understand how you can be mad at Monica. Although by the way, still not mad at Tanisha who is still doing your hair. Um, and, but you're not mad at Jen and you never have really been truly that mad at Jen. (laughs) For being who she is you 're just mad um, at the person who exposed it
0: I have questions we'll get to it. I have questions about the like they 're not mad at Jen thing because I think again i think it's I think it's slightly nuanced i i think it's I, I think it 's slightly more nuanced that some people are like saying.
1: At the, at the point of this reunion, I just need to know why they were afraid of her so much that they let her get by with all of this and never held her accountable I, for it.
0: Because I think Jen has people that would fuck them up. I, I, Heather makes a comment later that I feel implies that, and like, like I think it. I think like in terms of like I'm just gonna say it, physical safety. I genuinely think they were worried, but we'll get to it.
1: I, so, I I'm sorry. I don't believe that because if that were the case and then Monica would have never survived after the, the reality von Teese was known that Monica and all these other people were involved. The fact that Jen sent out that cease and desist but, three years ago. But
0: Monica does say later that she, it, to this day, because she spoke out against Jen, she is getting threatening phone calls from people.
1: Oh, I missed that.
0: She says it at the end, towards the end. She does say that. So I, I think there is something with Jen where she has people that could fuck people up. I'm and then so,
1: they need to be banding with Monica I agree. to I, open up another and have a case against Jen. I Take I, her to fucking court.
0: I agree completely. Yes. So let's keep going. So Andy asks, you know, what's been generated versus reposted? And Lisa goes, what's the difference? There is a difference, I feel.
1: Don't play dumb.
0: Yeah. A- Andy then goes to the... He's looking through Heather's phone on the page. Andy, or no, he's looking through his own phone because they're like, you can just look at the page. He goes, it's Reality Von Teese 2 and... And Heather goes, because the first one got shut down for cyberbullying. And Monica goes, that's not why it got shut down. Heather goes, why? Because of the cease and desist from the attorney. And I was like, when did you find find that out after Bermuda? Or did you know that beforehand? I think that's the big question. Um, Monica goes, no, we didn't care about that because we knew we had the facts. Heather goes, it's not facts. Monica goes, we were posting Jen saying it. Heather goes, well, thank you. Thank you for being a courier of horrible lies and shit about me. And thank you for putting it out there, tagging every single Bravo account in the universe. And Monica goes, we were trying to expose how abusive she was to you. And Heather goes, you are not a hero in this, Monica. And Monica goes, I'm fine being the villain in your story, Heather, because you're the clowns in mine. Bitch ate. Yeah, that was so good. Sure. Um, I think, yeah, I think... Yeah, again, it's one of those things, like, she ate, and I love that line. And then I'm like, oh, but you got to work on her. Like, you got to – there's a time to play emotional, and there's a time to, like, be, like, the bitch. And, like – not bitch, but you know what I mean. Like, and – yeah. Andy um, finds out – pulls up another one, and it's a thing – it's, like, a – like, I'm assuming this is Jen sharing with somebody – captioning heather's instagram profile and it says y'all's grandma is still pretending she can get black d still looking for a brother to actually say yes to this meaning right yeah monica goes that doesn't mean that i wrote it and lisa goes but you posted it whitney goes i'm more whitney says and i i'm mad this wasn't followed up whitney goes i 'm more hurt by the text messages exchanged between her and beep, and they don 't they don 't follow up on this. That is where what is Whitney talking about those text messages because if those are text messages of Monica shitting on them, you know saying right. nasty things about them, then I understand why. And if, why are we protecting this person? Right. But, like, if she's, if Monica's saying really nasty, sort of mean things in like the group chat and like the voice messages and all that stuff, it does hurt her argument that I was trying to protect you guys. Right.
1: Like, no. if, if you have evidence, because as it's presented on the show, Monica did nothing wrong except for maybe not being forthcoming with the information. And we don't even know that because she claims she was. So, like, I I just I I genuinely do not understand how anyone can see what the show has presented and side with anyone but Monica.
0: Yeah. Heather shows that they were you know, Heather's like shows that – she's like I can't see the actual post because they're time, you know, they're twenty four hour things on Instagram. But you can see I constantly am being ta was ta- being tagged in everything reality wontees posted. And Monica goes, because we wanted you guys to see it. I'm not denying any of that. Heather, go, Heather says, I don't know who she was saying this to, maybe Andy. She goes, why give her a platform for this? It's ridiculous. Monica yeah. goes, oh, I don't deserve a platform. And Heather goes, bullies don't deserve a platform. This is where Heather loses me in terms of the, like, bullies don't, like, like. like How is she a bully? Well, no, no. no well, beyond that, like, again, she has this really warped view of what Real Housewives is. Yeah. Like, like Real Housewives isn't friendship la-la land. You know what I mean? Like, like, we don't
1: end each episode with a kumbaya around the, the bonfire. That's not what this
0: is. Yeah, but it's getting tense at this point. And Monica then reaches over and goes, okay, look, and then she pulls out this burn book.
1: Well, it's because some I think somebody asked the the start date. And she said, "Oh, do you want the the date that we first started posting? I can give you that." Oh, and she even, leans over and grabs the burn
0: book. Maybe Heather goes, "Oh, Andy, this is like this is that's not funny to me. I'm not doing this. Like, sort of, you know, whatever." Andy goes, "It sounds like in trying to expose. Uh, well, so they go. Th- I'm skipping ahead. They go through the burn book, right? And it's like I had heard that this was the burn book, and I was like, oh no. Um, it's like." It starts with, like, an old, like, photo of Andy with his perm and said that he fucked the other half of New York, whatever. And then it's, like, an ugly, like, high school photo of Lisa Barlow calling her Lisa Bitchlow or whatever.
1: It's I, a reference to Mean Girls. We all get it. It's cute, whatever. Yeah, I, just, I don't really care. Like, I care about the actual evidence.
0: I just think it – yeah. But the, the problem is that there's, like, five pages of these, right, before any evidence is in it. And then, like – it's. I was like, no. This. this she play, like this was placed so. Once the, things were getting so intense, like I would have scrapped it because she can just say what's in the burn book without. Because we see flashes on the screen of screenshots of things that she's mentioning. So it's like it's like you didn't need the burn book. I would have just like. I would have said, like, no, like, scrap it. <laughs> like,
1: yeah, especially, like, especially if she's got DMs from these girls who are giving her information, asking her to expose something from Jen. Right. Like, clearly, though, even if these girls are asking her to post something about Jen, then they, A, understand exactly what this page is about and what they're doing and the fact that it has nothing to do with these other girls and it's about Jen. Right? right. They understand and two, your hands aren 't clean either, bitch yeah, so like uh, that to me really would have been the first thing I walked out there with
0: well here's the thing, and Monica is saying that's in the book she needs to I, I, she needs post to post it she needs to post it post it she has no reason not to mention it all, yeah, if anything, it might get her her seat back because then the fighting's going to then be about. In, then the infighting – then they're going to turn on each other, right? Right. And then like, – for the ones that are innocent in it. And they're going to turn on each other, and then that's the avenue to bring Monica back. Honestly, though, she
1: might be holding it because they're starting filming next month. Wait, yeah. Wait, wait a, until wait they a, start filming and then post it. Wait like
0: a week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Andy goes – it sounds like Andy, – Andy is trying – I think Andy is – trying to help monica in parts in terms of being like this is the part where you have to appeal to people's emotions right right and he goes it sounds like in trying to expose jen what you did is hurt all of them and monica goes that was not my intention heather goes how is it helpful what if we treated everything that your mom said about you every single day repeatedly tagged you in it like it which i thought was an interesting but the difference is is that Linda's already tagging
1: Monica in all of those. What
0: Monica says, well, she already did that. And number two,
1: she's saying that in a public forum. She's not whispering this behind her back. She's not pretending to be a good mom to Monica's face and then turning around and texting other people, saying these things on the background, and it needs to be brought to Front Street. That's not what's happening here. Linda's being a bitch in public. Yeah. We can all see it happening real time.
0: Um, so Andy asks, like, I'm kind of amazed that you're so surprised that they're pissed off. And Monica goes, I really am because they were such big fans of the page. And then Monica pulls a receipt that they show on the screen that goes, look, this one's from Angie. When that was, it says when that was exposed, it's a longer thing. I think it's about Angie Harrington. If I, if I'm correct. Um, she goes, when that was exposed on the page, it was the best day of my fucking life. And Monica reads this. Angie goes, yeah, so what? And it wasn't followed up on. And that is the moment that I, I would totally agree with you. That should have been followed up on.
1: Like, it felt like it was weird because I still feel like they edited things to make Monica look bad. But I also think like still with the bullshit edit, you still can't add a side with anyone. but and,
0: Monica could that explain why there was such an animosity for Angie going into the season that we didn't really get an answer to yeah like r- could be could very much be and it also
1: i think honestly on the produ- on the half on behalf of production the way that they edited this is retaliation for what monica says here in a bit
0: yeah um Andy asks if they posted nice things about the women as well. And Monica says that they did, and they show a couple of them. Heather goes, It's one out of ten thousand. You're not a hero. Lisa goes, Why do you want to be here with us? Why do you want to be our friend? Because based on everything you wrote, you fucking hate us. And then Andy asks the question, Do you want to be their friends or do you want to be on the show? Monica goes, I think both can be true. And that's where it's like, yeah, like you can't like this this notion that like It's just about being our friends. And it's like she has a right to say, I would like to be friends with you guys. And also, yes, it's a television show and I would like to get paid. Like, None of you are here just to be friends with each other. I
1: really would have at that point said, yeah, I think it can be both. And I think that that's true for every woman on this couch. Yeah. Because if it was the friendship first and the show second, then all of you would be quitting.
0: Yeah. Monica goes... I genuinely feel bad and Heather goes I mean I don't think that but that's fine and Monica goes what is wrong with me wanting to sit on this couch and Andy goes her okay so her plotting to get on the show is not a crime Lisa goes that's not a that's not the crime you going against all of us is the crime I'm like neither of that do you not know what a crime is like <laughs> I I think she was
1: meaning crime not like as an actual criminal offense but like the reason that we're angry I guess
0: uh, Lisa goes if Lisa, this is the only good point Lisa makes. There's, like I said, everyone makes like one good point and then like either three or four bad points. Lisa goes, if she was so noble in her actions, why didn't she tell us all from the to begin with? Why didn't she say, I had your backs. I'm here for you guys. And I think that's an interesting thought. Like there's an interesting of like, if your belief is like, I cared about you guys and I wanted the world to see what Jen was doing to you and how mean she was to you. Why not lead with that coming into the season?
1: And- because she had no social capital on which to place that. It's the same argument uh, that we have that we were frustrated with NECA on Potomac. She came in and immediately went after Wendy. Right. She didn't give us a reason to like her first.
0: Yeah. I Monica
1: don't... needed to ingratiate herself first I... before bringing this up.
0: Yeah, I don't agree. Yeah, I agree. I think it shouldn't have been right out of the gate. I think you have to warm, but I think...
1: But my, she wasn't warming. That was the issue.
0: My question is, Lisa knew she was an assistant. Right. Angie knew she was an assistant. Heather knew she was Reality Vontese, according to me. Yeah, well, fine. But, like, that had to have become, like, come... Like, the Jen stuff came up, right? Like, that she there was the connection with Jen. So, I wonder, and, and we were discussing it, like... Why was there no like moment even from Heather? Like they they, they have that moment by the fire, right, when they were skiing, where they talked about their mothers and like like they had moments like where they were like bonding over their shared things. Why the sharedness of like dealing with Jen never came up?
1: Right, especially like we talk about in this end. reunion about how both Heather and like uh, both Heather and Monica have suffered abuse at the hands of Jen, mm-hmm. like. There's a there's a thing there. There's, they, there's story there. There's reasons for y'all to
0: bond, and it never came up. They get that, and I think that's on both of them. I think it's kind of both on Heather and both on Monica. And I do wonder... I think it's because everyone wanted to move on without
1: Jen and wanted to not bring her up and wanted to prove that they could have this show without her being on
0: the show. And when Andy touches on later, maybe the morals of the story is they could never do that. Yeah. You know, um... Because at least it's like you were busted. And Monica goes, I didn't get busted. I knew it was going to come out. Which I'm, I, I'm a little a certain way on. Andy goes, I mean, if you knew it was going to come out, why not lead with it? You clearly led with the story about having the affair with your brother in law. I feel like this is bullshit for Bandy. You think? Yes, because Andy knows full well.
1: Like, and we talk about it later when we have the allegation from Monica that she told someone during the interview process about the, the page, which I'm inclined to believe. But Andy says, too. but Andy says we wouldn't have hired you. Well, then, yeah, I'm not bringing it up as soon as I get on the show. Because you would have fired then me. then you would have fired me immediately and started the season over. You just fucking did that on Roni with the anti-Semitic bitch. Yeah. So, like, but that's why
0: That's why I'm saying do it halfway through. Like, like, like you don't do it in the beginning, like, like, like give them enough where it's like, they can't cut you out for like, right, they're not going to waste
1: all of this money that they've spent filming.
0: Yeah. But Monica said, Monica says, uh, why she didn't bring it up on the offset. She goes, because when we made this page, we said to the grave and it wasn't just me. There were other people involved. We'll get to it. Well, Emily on She Speaks Bravo pointed out, it does contradict she does contradict herself later when she says she told someone in production to say, I told someone during my casting, but also the reason I didn't start off with it is that we all were in agreement that we were taking it to the grave.
1: Yes, but I think both things can be true. I think that there is a situation where she brings it up to a producer, right? During the casting, right? Which she says it's during a, Conversation in her house. It's a one-on-one conversation with a producer. With a casting producer. um, Or a casting director or whatever. If that never got back to Bravo or the company or any other entity, right? It just stayed with that person. Then I can imagine that person going... Cast this girl. Cast this girl up, right? But also telling her... Do not bring this up. Right. This will get you in trouble on the show. Do not bring it up.
0: Yeah, I can kind of see that. So
1: then the reason that she doesn't bring it up is because I promised
0: I wouldn't say anything. Yeah.
1: But she also doesn't want to say, I promise this producer I wouldn't say anything.
0: Yeah. Lisa then goes let's talk about the videos that got leaked how did you get those videos because I know how you got them the same way that you knew that I was going to meet Snoop Dogg with my friends and they show the flashback of it uh, Monica goes Jen Shaw told me that story and I will say them against Monica when they show the flashback she does say in the fight it's the fight by the crepe station at, at Ski. she says when she brings it up she says to Lisa you don't remember that conversation clearly I mean Meaning you and I had this conversation. So I, it, to say that Jen Shaw told me this is... I, mm. But Lisa then goes, she logged into the security system and, it was, and was watching them for months. Monica then goes, it was my security system. So you can choke on a dick. Goes, I didn't love Monica. This, this section, I didn't love Monica's answers on this. And this... So here's the thing.
1: If we are to believe Monica, which fine, whatever, whether you do or not. But according to Monica, the security system that was put in at Jen's house was done in her behest and was put under her name uh monica's name and i think that jen did that so that when somebody like the feds came in and tried to subpoena that footage it was in somebody else's name and they couldn't do that legally
2: and
0: i'm and if monica spied on her with like you know bad things like yes that's bad on monica's part it's also like stupid on jen's part sorry but it's
1: also completely legal
0: yeah i'm okay that we, this is where we fought. It's like, so it is. It compli- is you're I, right. It is legal. You are. Right, I won't it is say le- it's ethical. It's not ethical, and it's not moral. I'm sorry.
1: I, I won't say that, but I will say it's legal. Like, you can't. Like, sure. Like, Jen could be mad at her, but y'all can't be mad at her for this. This is not any of your business. It's literally not any of your business if she used that to spy on Jen. Because she's not spying on you with it. Also, the videos that she posted were filmed from her phone. She was sitting at the table
0: filming it. So, I had, I, I, that's what I originally believed. And I kind of still, I mean, like, I'm, I'm still going to go with that because Lisa said that that's where you were listening. You were, you, that's where you got the video of Jen yelling at Koa. The only thing I will maybe give to Lisa's point. The video quality, now that I watch it back, the video quality of those videos are terrible. And to me, too terrible for a phone. Sure. But number
1: one, there would be a timestamp on those videos if they were pulled from a security system. I think they're always going to have like the little running timestamp on them. That's That's a good point. That is across the board. Number two... Those – the framing of the videos move. You can't do that with a security system.
0: Don't they have cameras that are, like, motion detected?
1: I don't think so. And if they did, like, that one that that is, like, from – Because it's,
0: it, it's clearly one that's placed on a table. And I've seen that done sometimes before where you place it on a table behind things and, like –
1: Right, but it's not, like, pointed at the people that are talking and moving. Yeah, It's kind of off to the side. So it's, like – I can understand not having the framing perfectly right if you are trying to sneak and video something. But if it was like a motion camera, it would turn to where the people are. But the camera does move a little bit, so yeah. it it seems more like someone's trying to hold something steady, yeah, and not like a camera is moving or not moving or whatever. Like
0: for me, like whether it was her phone or a security camera, I actually don't think it necessarily even matters. I I did I just didn't like her answer of like they're in my name, so what? I didn't love that answer. Um, Andy goes, Lisa accused you of driving by Jen's house and stalking her. Did you do that? And Lisa goes, You stalked Jen. Monica goes, I did not stalk Jen driving by her house two or three times is not stalking. I was like, okay. Heather goes taking the pictures and selling the footage to TMZ, which makes me think that the one, the video I was telling you about where she's a, where Jen's right. a cross, I believe that's Monica sure because that was given
1: to tmz sure fine but she was out in public on a public street there's no expectation of privacy and it
0: had to be It's not my again it's not i don't again i'm not saying this to be like yeah jen's vindicated i'm not like i think you can hold those two things right like i think like yeah that that's just what i think um lisa goes you're a mother with four kids and single why are you driving by jen shaw's house and then at one point, Lisa says that she had the kids in the backseat of the car during the drive-bys. They don't show a, a video of that. But the, Lisa's, or Mary, Heather says there's a lot of videos. So, like, if there is a video of that, I do give Monica that, like, or, or Lisa that, like, yeah, don't have the kids in the car.
1: Sure, if, but if there was a video of that, I think Bravo would have played it.
0: Yeah, Andy then goes, how do you, cause the, the, like Monica saying, just cause I drove by her house two or three times doesn't mean I stalked her. Andy goes, how do you define stalking? Monica goes, I think that stalking is when you are repeatedly doing things. Okay. Monica then goes, I didn't do anything to her house. I didn't put anything in it. I didn't step anywhere near it. Driving by someone's house is not stalking. People do it to their ex-boyfriends all the time. I I couldn't. I, at this point, I was like, Monica, you're losing me a little bit. Like, I mean, she is right. Know, People
1: do do that to their ex-boyfriends you know, you all the what, time, but it is still stalking.
0: I was going to say, it's called stalking. <laughs> they, they stalk their ex-boyfriends. Andy then goes, do you have proof? And then she hands Heather or Heather hands him the phone and then it's it's really bad cuz they play the audio and it's Monica whispering going only the range rover is there okay okay there's the, there's old lady watering the flowers her house is like bougie as fuck like it doesn't sound good. And Andy asks, like, how many videos do you have? And Heather's like, it's like probably 20. Then they do a compilation. And the first video, it's Monica looking into the camera going, Out! Hey, got my binoculars, bitch. Yeah.
1: Okay. So this uh. this to me is actually evidence of of what Monica claims here in a second. In that, at least that Monica believes that she is doing this on the behest of the FBI.
0: Okay, but okay, we will get to that, because like, I can't... I...
1: Because if she was stalking her, she would say, stalking bitch, not uh, a stakeout, which a stakeout is clearly always and forever will always be linked to, like,
0: cops and detectives, And doing legal work. She does say also in the compilation because the person who's... We don't want to get charged with stalking is what she says. She says, I don't need a restraining order for stalking. Right. Why would you need a restraining order if the FBI has your back?
1: Because the FBI wouldn't be able to swoop in if she's doing things covertly.
2: I think I... I don't I, believe that the FBI asked I, her
1: to do that. I do believe that the FBI would say, we want all the evidence you can possibly give us, and then expect and know that this bitch will probably then stalk her.
0: I think, I think, I I love, I love you. I'm going to say, I think you're in stand mode. No, I'm not. I just don't that believe. Story, that I story do, was
1: fucking crazy. I do not believe in the, in the, uh, morality of any fucking law enforcement agency. Okay. I believe that they constantly ask people to do things that are not okay. And then if they get caught, then they wash their hands. But, of it it.
0: but then, but then can you, not, then am I allowed to say like, are you defending Jen Shaw? Cause that's what's being t- said to everyone of like, if you cast out on like the anyways, whatever. If, I, I'm not defending
1: I, Jen I, no. Shaw. Jen Shaw did what she did at the right. behest of her pocket. I, I
0: agree. But I'm saying there's a lot of people online who are like, And Monica is saying, like, if you question, like, the tact, people are saying, like, Jen, like, you can say, like, every time, like, Monica is being come after for something like that, Monica's response is, why are you madder at me than Jen Shaw? Why are you defending Jen Shaw? It's like, you're, it's like what you're saying, like with the police, you can hold two ideas at the same time. Just because Jen Shaw is a criminal and is a terrible fucking person doesn't mean that certain things of hers can't be violated.
1: I agree. I'm not saying that Monica is in the right to have done this. Good. I just but thought... I do believe that Monica maybe had convinced herself that – and and the FBI let her convince herself that she was doing this at their behest. Okay, Sure. I, I think – both of those things can be true. I think the FBI let her lead, led her down this road, much like Meredith will onsta- uh, constantly lead someone down a road and then let them hang themselves with them doing the wrong I, thing. I need
0: an FBI television drama with Meredith Marks in the lead. Honestly, work. work. And then
1: yeah. like the cover of it is her in a bathtub with a glass of wine. Perfect
0: and Andy goes why were you driving by her house monica goes this is when we were the in the witness and andy goes did the fbi tell you to drive by her house monica goes yeah and she she also owed us money what were you how are you gonna get the money
1: I don't know. What, we didn't like, elaborate what the,
0: on that. A, what did she mean by that? And also she doesn't bring that like, the, like Andy kind of leads her with the FBI. thing. I th- here's, I think Monica lies. I think it's, I think there are moments where Monica lies. I think there we'll get to, I think there's a reason like there's her trauma is why she lies. And I absolutely, and that's why I'm sympathetic of it to a certain extent, but like she lies to a certain extent. Um, Andy goes to do what? Like, why would you drive by? Monica goes, Catching her drinking and driving.
1: But she kind of whispers it.
0: Yeah. Angie goes, so they sent you after her instead of the police? And Monica goes, she was being watched by several people. Andy goes, and so they sent you to check to see if she was drinking and driving? Monica goes, no, they said any evidence I have that she's drinking and driving. Like, my. what does the drinking and driving thing have to do with her FBI investigation?
1: It's because they could then hold her on um, violating her parole. This was after she got arrested.
2: This was after?
1: At this point, yeah.
2: I Yeah. But she said this is when I was a,
1: well,
0: maybe, yeah, I guess. That. Yeah,
1: this is after her, because she says it later that they were wanting to get. They were wanting to catch Jen breaking her parole.
0: Yeah. Everyone starts laughing at this. It's because it's, it is funny. I'm sorry. It's, no, I completely agree. But
1: I also now understand. I also understand why Monica blows up at them for laughing at her.
0: Monica goes, this is why there's a burn book. Because you guys are fucking mean girls. I'm like, okay. Um, Whitney goes, so you were a mole for the FBI? And Monica goes, I wasn't an informant. I was a witness. That can, conf- like, wait. But like you're doing, th- the an dru-
1: informant is on the
0: inside. That's why. But that's the thing. It's like if you're if the FBI is instructing you to drive by places and to like get information, that makes you an informant. You're it, not simply a witness.
1: It doesn't. A witness vi- witnesses from the outside. An informant is on the inside and actively inform. It's basically an informant is doing like a um, an undercover job, but a civilian. Yeah. As opposed to a witness is. Not actively implanted inside the operation.
0: Yeah. Angie goes, it's unbelievable. And Monica goes, how is it unbelievable? <laughs> okay. And Angie goes, because it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Angie goes, what were you going to do? Like, put, put a light on and pull her over and give her a breathalyzer? <laughs> that was funny on Angie's part.
1: No, she just calls the police and reports a...
0: a... A drunk driver. Monica goes. Why are you coming at me? Why are you defending a criminal? And he goes. We're not. I'm not. Like, like. Andy's not going to defend. Andy hates Jen. By the way. She, oh, completely. In the last two weeks, she he can't. He fucking hates Jen. Uh, Andy goes. Let me ask. If she was, she asked this to the group. Let me ask. If she was driving by her former employers, that was up to no good in the hopes of catching her. Why do you care? She wasn't driving by your house. Exactly. And Heather goes, She never got my address, thank God. Heather then, like, they're at, Andy kind of asks again. Heather goes, the capability that it would take for a human being to befriend someone as a fan, beg to work for them, to get the chance to work for them, infiltrate their lives, become their assistant, to install cameras in their home, to watch that security footage, to take that, post it, and spread it on social media—that raises a few alarm flags for me and makes me think I don't necessarily want to be her friend. And Monica goes, "That sounds like I have amazing time management skills."
1: Also, at least half of that is bullshit and twisting of facts.
0: Sure, but but again, Heather, this is where it's like Heather. This is where Heather goes camera in terms of like you're right you know what i mean heather goes so to hire someone that contributed that and profited off of it and then lied and then sat here with a burn book she thinks she's being iconic it's not iconic to be a bully i will the whole number
1: one she's not being a bully number two she is iconic so. she
0: here's the thing she is iconic But I do get the point of, like, she thinks she's being iconic, right? There are are moments where she plays up the, like, well, I'm, she says it to Angie at one point, like, I'm first chair, you're clearly at the end of the couch. Those things, I think, hurt the, like I said, the, the pitch to get back on the show, right? Right. It hurts that to a certain extent. And I think it hurts it when people view I, I said it when the video of Linda and her fighting in her house came out that I think that that was more Linda than Monica I think Linda is, Linda is media obsessed she is so focused on that and I don't think Monica is but my problem is I think it gets blurred in a way to where it does feel like Monica also is Did you? I think I sent you Linda's post after the reunion yeah. about like she's going to be great on television she's going to be a star it's like you're not helping your daughter and actually you're making it seem like th- this was a giant and plot and so when you and so when there's that perception and Monica makes comments about being first chair and like bitch I am iconic and clearly everyone loves me while all those things are true it creates a narrative in people's minds about you that you were doing this to be iconic right
1: and I, I I will agree with you that all of those things together are not necessarily a great look but I will point out that Bryn made the same joke at the Roni reunion of, oh, I'm sorry, I can't hear you from all the way down there. Right? No, no, no. It's, so it's, I mean, we've had it's a common thing. Make that joke of I'm more important on this show than you are because I'm closer to Andy.
0: Yeah. Um, and if any of those women were in another position, they would make those jokes. I'm right, not saying exactly.
1: So I'm like the com- the addition of all of these things. Like none of these things is an issue by right. themselves. It's when it all happens at once.
0: I get it. Yeah. There's a lot of crosstalk at this point. It's just I didn't write notes. Exhausting. Heather goes, It's not even funny that we're joking about it. Like that this has ruined my experience as a housewife. Monica goes, Are you joking? Heather then goes, every housewife would say that the only hard part about this job is the trolls on social media that are relentless about ourselves. And if you could eliminate that and at least create a gap, it would change the experience for all of us. And you would get higher caliber women willing to expose their lives on television. It's performative, yes. I think it's an interesting, like... It's enough true to... To ring true. Right. Like, it's like she pl- she's playing on to something, right? Right. That is, like, a, a real feeling in a certain respect. I do think it does... The part where I'm kind of, like, whatever on it is the, like, again, putting housewives to a, to a certain level. I don't like when people, like, take reality shows too seriously in the sense of, like, this is bigger. Like, this is for... This is empowering. It can, it can be empowering. People can take empowerment from right. it. Right. But it's not like the, like... It isn't inherently.
2: Yeah.
1: I, I do and and like let's take that and break that down, right?
2: She is saying that there's issue with um with
1: you know social media and trolls, right? Yes, there absolutely are. None of those quote unquote trolls the issues are not the accounts that have big followings. It's the Nameless, faceless accounts that will DM you, go kill yourself, and because I will, will give... like go on those campaigns. That's the issue. Cause... It's not like Bravo and
0: Botox. It's not right. There's these great other accounts.
1: great accounts that are out there doing the work of starting conversations online. Cause
0: I will say the one where the, I kind of softened to Heather's point after the reunion finished and I was reading social media and I saw, here's the thing. I saw comments on Twitter and stuff like that of people being like, Heather's so mad about the tranny girl thing. Well, she is one and, right. and like calling her, awful. calling her fat and like the retaliation of that. And that kind of, in a sense, while I think Heather, you know, we can critique it it lends to heather's point right about the damage of sharing that stuff does right you know what i mean like it does it, in a certain way it kind of proves heather's point unintentionally
1: i the the rest of that though are talking about creating a gap right in general i understand right you don't want somebody in your midst who is actively posting secretly about what is happening on the show then as it happens, yeah. right? You don't want that. When was the last time Reality Von Tease posted before teasing the the reveal? I don't know actually. When I'm... Jen went to jail, it was about Jen. Jen's not on the show anymore. They're not posting anymore. Are,
0: are we? Is that confirmed, or is that? Do we know if posts were deleted? And I mean, it we could won't... technically possibly. I
1: don't know. Yeah, but like they're not actively posting. Are they actively posting while you're sitting here on the show? Sure. No, they're posting a little more now. Well, yes, but now it's about the reveal of of who Reality Vontise is and like all of that stuff. It has nothing to do with going after any of these women. It has nothing to do with what it did before, which was exposing Jen for speaking poorly about. Sure. These I, I feel like
0: I've seen some. But like, it's
1: make a. Sh- it's made a shift. But my point is, is there is a gap. Yeah. Nobody is doing that. Nobody is within your midst sharing deep dark secrets. Right. That is not
0: happening. And we can talk about blogs and like, you know, sort right. of page six and stuff like that later. Let's move on because we got to get through this. So Lisa then says, you guys brought her on knowing that she wanted to fucking take every single one of us out and nobody gives a fuck. And so now it's like kind of coming for Andy at this point, right. which I was like, oh, wow. Heather goes, did Bravo? know?" And Andy goes, no one knew. Heather goes, she's saying production knew. Andy goes who do you think at production knew Monica and Monica goes the first time I interviewed and talked about it in my home. I talked about it in the home with production and he goes, you told them in casting Monica goes, yeah. And he goes, if you said I run a burner account, we wouldn't have casted you. And and Monica goes, okay. Uh, Again, we let's agree. I think something happened there.
1: This is why this is the point at which I think Monica gave up. Because I think at this point, she realized that it wasn't just the girls. It was production who was against her.
0: I think they were and weren't I, I, I in a certain way. Like, I think Andy helps her, but I think there's also times where Andy kind of hurts her.
1: Right. I don't think Andy, I'm not saying that production actively is against her. I'm saying that at this point, she's going, oh, y'all are going to deny that you were
0: involved in this yeah but what are they of course they're gonna deny it like like you know what i mean like that would be really terrible for them also again in a world of bethany frankel and this like coming for their
1: heels you know what i mean right but but i think and i think the statement that is made later by the nbc um Uh, executives actually makes it very plausible that someone knew about this. (laughs) They give give themselves a little bit of rope. They give themselves a lot of bit of rope. Yeah. They were like, well, yeah, there's a lot of people involved in casting and it absolutely could have (laughs) happened. But it
0: never came to the top, and We never knew. Yeah. Andy asked Okay, so Andy then asked about the Greek mafia rumor. Meredith goes, I got a DM with a variety of financial records that all tie back to things that Monica had told me coming back from Palm Springs about Angie. Monica goes, we both, that was a two-way conversation. Um, Andy asked Monica if she's behind the DMs. She goes, no, but I would admit that. (laughs) Okay.
1: (laughs) I just, we don't get anything more from this conversation than we got on the season. Well, no,
0: we kind of, like Meredith then says, You told me you had evidence of everything that you told me on the plane. And Monica goes, Meredith, both of us were talking about stuff. And Meredith goes, I didn't have any of that information, Monica. I'm going to, I slightly believe Meredith on this. I think Monica, I don't know if Monica's buying the DM, but I think like, like Monica's saying it was a two-way conversation. I believe that, yeah, you were probably shit-talking Angie together and being like, I fucking hate her and and whatever. But Meredith is saying you were citing specific things of evidence. You were citing the tax lien, the bankruptcy, whatever. Which Monica does not deny. Right. But that's not a – but then that's not a mutual – like you're not saying that like we both were mutually – it's not about like we were both shit-talking Angie. It's that it's who was talking about these rumors. Right, right, and that I don't think Meredith was doing it in specifics, and I do think that it's you know,
1: I. But again, I will reiterate that Meredith has a documented history of leading conversations and getting other people to say the thing, right. so that sh- her hands are clean.
2: Right,
0: but you can also argue vice versa. Who would be? Most able to create a fake burner account to send DMs.
1: Anyone that has access to
0: create a, D, sure, a any, Gmail. Anyone, but Mo, but you're saying, but uh, yes, but you are saying Meredith has a history of doing stuff. Monica has done this before. Sure, but that's all I'm saying.
1: But she does it from reality. Von Teese.
0: Sorry, sure. Andy goes. Did you speak to anyone else about your conversation with Meredith? And Monica goes. I did not. And Andy goes. So then it just randomly appeared in the DMs. Like, the the, if these are, like, the exact things that you guys talked about. And she goes, I need everyone to be respectful for a minute because I need to say something. Oh, Lord. She really just goes on a monologue where she says nothing, really. Um, Monica goes, Monica's whispering to Meredith, like, you know, Meredith, we had, like, a joint conversation. And Meredith goes, I never put anything into the universe. I never repeated anything you said to me, Monica. I kept it to myself. Which is true. And, and again, Monica did bring it up again on camera. Monica initiated the conversation with Meredith on camera at the vacation in Bermuda about this, the information. And so like Meredith didn't, I don't think Meredith engaged in that dialogue when it was being brought up on camera.
1: Sure. I just, I, I find it disingenuous for viewers to, on one hand, say, Robin needs to come forward with all the things that are happening in her life off camera, but then damn Monica for bringing forward the things that are happening off camera conversations with these other girls.
0: Right. But these, uh, there's always
1: like, there's always been a hypocrisy. But then
0: Monica have the conversation on camera. Maybe, I mean, she did it. but And also she did it. Like this was happened in Palm Springs. And then it didn't come up again until the Bermuda trip. So there's a great, like, length of period in between, and Meredith makes the point of just, like, because of this, it's a he said, she said, because nobody... Like, Meredith would have wanted that conversation filmed and put out there. Right, but I
1: understand the danger of not wanting to bring something up unless somebody else is also on the same page with you.
0: Right, but, like, when you're... Yes, but when you're Monica saying this was mutual, right? Right. And Meredith is, like... I didn't do this mutually and all. And now I have no way to prove it because it's off fucking camera. It's similar to like what happened with OC with the Tamara Heather stuff. Right. It's like, put that shit on. Like the conversation should have happened on fucking camera. Yeah, no, I'll give you that. And so you can't then afterwards, Monica say it was mutual. It was the, the, you know, back and forth. Like, and, and
1: maybe she's playing into the fact that, that Meredith has a history of that.
0: Who knows? And she was definitely like saying, like I. Th- she was either leading or like willing to agree to the narrative of like Meredith is pushing me to say these rumors. And if you were the one that brought the evidence to Meredith first, and was the only one that brought like these are speci- I have specific pieces of evidence about tax liens and bankruptcy. To then say Meredith is pushing you in a certain direction, direction is disingenuous. I think. Sure. I mean, I can imagine
1: what that conversation would have looked like, but again, that's just conjecture. Yeah. So it's like,
0: who knows? Angie goes, neither of us have ever filed bankruptcy. And Monica goes, I don't know why you're yelling at me. <laughs> Monica goes, are you grateful that I brought it to you or not, Angie? And Angie goes, be quiet, Monica. You don't, own, she said, there's crosstalk, but you pick, I picked up on Angie going, you don't own a business. You roll blankets where there's fucking Cheeto crumbs and dog hair and then sell it. Angie's kinda of, I thought it was good. I I I I thought it was a better hit than Angie's gotten all season.
1: Sure. <laughs> but I was also, like, with Monica when it's like, are you coming for small businesses? Yeah. Like, is that what we're doing Angie now?
0: Angie, well, my, well, Angie also has a small business, apparently. That, she, that, she, she has, has a... Like, she's a pillar of Salt Lake City, but also it's a small business. Whatever. Uh, Angie goes, they came after my business, my marriage, everything. And Monica goes, same, same. Heather goes, you don't have any of the same things we have, which is a fucked up statement. <laughs> (laughs) Monica goes, don't discredit small shops. Angie goes, you take and I give. Everyone was struggling during COVID. I'm open, I'm surviving, I'm thriving. And Andy goes, okay, well done, thank you. He's like, moving on. (laughs) (laughs) But they they won't move on. Monica goes, um, we're still sitting in the same room on the same damn couch. Well, actually, you're at the end. That's the comment I'm talking about. And Angie goes, you're up there because you're a fucking bitch and nobody likes you. That's why you're in the hot seat. I'd rather sit here than be a fucking low brow rat out of the fucking sewer. Monica then goes, brown rat? And the way Angie goes, brow!
2: She screams brow! (laughs) Low brow rat! Stop trying to bring race into this shit! (laughs) But also, like, I kind
0: of
1: can understand why she would think you said that. I mean
0: Angie, you did have a photo next to a guy with a White Lives Matter shirt. What like yeah. Like I think they're very defen I think Lisa and Angie are very defensive of that, don't get me wrong. But I did crack up at Monica going, Oh, brown rat? It was very Race?
1: <laughs> uh, I, but with all that crosstalk, I can understand why that's what she heard.
0: Sure. There's so much yelling and crosstalking. And then I just noted at one point, Also, Ma-
1: just side note to clear things up
0: Monica is a person of color.
1: She's Colombian. Stop this bullshit calling her white online. Are they real? Oh, whatever.
0: Fuck them. Um, Monica at the one point goes, I'm not a horrible person. Horrible people murder children. Again, there's like a middle ground. <laughs> there, there, there's I hate shades when, of horrible. I hate when people do that. Okay, then we get a flash on the screen that says, On the morning of April 9th, 2022, while on a girls' trip in San Diego, Heather Gay woke up with a black eye. Crews were not shooting Ugh. at the time of the incident. Uh, we then cut to Andy saying, You revealed that you had a black eye. That Jen gave you the black eye. Tell us what happened. Heather then goes... Honestly, it was a lot of drinking. The next morning, I woke up with a black eye. I knew I had gotten it from Jen. I didn't know how. I texted her. She came to my room. She said, did I give that to you? And I said, don't worry, I'll cover.
1: So I would. I I still find it bullshit that you don't know where it came from. There is no way that you know Jen did it and you don't know how.
0: but, But why wouldn't she say it? Because I think she's still afraid. I mean, Maybe. Um, well, she kind of does say that at a certain point. Heather says that she was scared of her and says, I was covering her for her for three years. I wasn't going to stop at the black eye. I was still scared to say it at reunion. I was still scared to say it in Bermuda. But as I sat there watching this happen again, I realized I was contributing kind of. Andy then says that they have footage, which I was like, what? They have footage? Like, that That felt like a... Oh, my God. Did you really hold on to that? That was a jump scare. <laughs> but then it's not really... Gr- it's not really footage. It's camera footage from that same, like, security camera, but the audio is intelligible. And they basically have Heather describe the process of, like, this is... Jen gives me a ba- the bag here. This is where well, she says... Well, it's not
1: completely unintelligible. You can pick some words, and it cooperates what Jen says. Yeah, and Jen's... And, what Heather And says. Jen
0: puts her head in her hands at one point, which it's like... That yeah. kind of leans to it. Andy then, go, Andy clearly in a voiceover goes, Jen has continued to deny. She gave you the black eye and they flash her statement. Cause that was after the, yeah. Point. And uh, Heather goes, let me start. Let me start by saying, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to you guys. I'm sorry to the network. I'm sorry to the audience. I didn't know how to navigate it and it was becoming bigger. And I had lived through this and I knew the relentlessness of what would come. A lot of reality Tees was fixated on the black eye, and I was scared, and I did what I always do. I deflected poor taste. It was horrible. Andy goes, I don't know if that was even humor. Like, But what I will say, I think it's interesting in the context of this and Robin, right? Right. Now, they're kind of di- – I mean they're different in terms of the severity. Heather's apologizing. She's saying, I fucked up. I shouldn't have done it. I put production on the, you know, uh, at a, in a terrible position and, uh, you know, I put people on staff in a terrible position. I put the cast in a terrible position, you know, I, and, and I am so apologetic for it. I was scared. It was the wrong thing to do. I think people, I, some people are being, I saw a lot of rhetoric of like, why is Monica not coming back? But Heather gets to come back. And I get, I, I, I don't get, think that Monica got fired. Well, that's the thing, but also I think, I think it discounts that Heather, I do think for the most part, Heather is owning this and there's a moment where Andy like pushes back a little and Heather does kind of like, again, go to that humor, like sort of like it was a joke, whatever, but it's like, you know, I think for the most part, she's owning it. And I, yeah. I, I, I forgave her personally. personally I, yeah. I, you know, Andy goes, you know, when, even Laura, though she's
1: not fully being honest still, I'm fine. Whatever. I don't need to hear about this again.
0: Yeah, sure. And he goes, when lawyers came in, I had to assume that you started freaking out. And Heather goes, because all I had was that she told me she had done it. And I said that I would cover for her. So I didn't, when the lawyers came in, like, what do you do at that point? Uh, Andy lays out, you went as far as to lie on your book tour and say that you fell into a cabinet at another one of your book tour stops. You said that someone may have broken into the house and hit you, but production edited it out because of the non disparagement clause between the rental company and production. So Andy's like, and also Andy late is laying into her. Like I think Andy was very firm with her. Heather, Heather like chuckles and goes, these were like a billion theories, but like I would never. And Andy goes, I mean, I have to say like, it's not funny to accuse the producers or the production company of covering up a crime or an assault. And Heather goes, it's not. And that's why I'm leading with, I'm sorry. Yeah. You know, and, and like, yeah, to say that like someone broke in and pun like that is, she's not being serious when she says that, but I, it's still a fucked up thing to say. Yeah. Um Andy goes, is the grace that you are asking of everyone now the same grace that you, that she should be given Monica Right. which I, was my question she goes i can't answer that question cuz the way i handled it was to internalize and andy goes well you did accuse production which is not really internalizing it and heather goes i didn't make an accusation it was it was an absurd joke i just like i shouldn't have made the joke whatever anyways andy goes you know it put people's reputations and jobs at risk you know Andy says, did you ever go to her, meaning Jen, and say, this is getting too big? And Heather goes, yes. And Andy goes, and what did she say? Heather goes, she said, unless they can show us the footage, we deny. Which like, is so interesting that in Jen's statement, mm-hmm. after this reunion was filmed, right. is the, well, if Bravo had the footage of it, they would show it. Right. Kind of validating what Heather's saying. Right. And he goes, and did she say thank you? Heather goes, no, Jen Shaw. She was never my friend. She pretended to be my friend and I fell for it. And I will not for- fall for a pretend friend again. I remember when she said that you were kind of like, okay, I sort of see the connection with Monica. You had- Right.
1: Because she had been saying there was a connection that this was quote unquote happening again. Right. And I didn't get what she was saying because she wasn't clearly laying it out. Right. She was saying that. Jen had abused them all, and we're not doing this again. Well, Monica hasn't abused any of you. Right,
0: but the the secrecy and the whatever was triggering to her.
1: Right. I can understand that. I now see a correlation there. However, I still think that you guys think she was being a fake friend, and I think that once she got on the show, she had let reality Vontese go.
0: Yeah. Heather goes, I was worried about the retaliation. I'm still worried about the retaliation, but I'm a different person when I started this show and the person that would eat that shit that is not going to do it now. And it was a pivotal moment for me in Bermuda. I kind of thought that she tells Monica, I kind of thought you would have said, you know, the gig is up. I'm sorry, but you spun it. You deflected. And I said to myself, this is familiar to me and I defended this behavior and I'm not going to do it again.
1: I I do feel like the reason that Monica didn't do that is abuse. I don't think that she was able to ever say, I'm sorry. I don't think that apologies were ever accepted in her household. I think her mom
0: taught her double, triple down lie as much as possible. Right. Uh, Heather said, I never want to revisit that type of toxicity. And if this is part of the job, then maybe, and then she pauses. And I thought she was going to say like, maybe I can't, I shouldn't be a housewife. But she goes, it shouldn't be a part of the job. Andy goes, Monica, what do you think after hearing this from Heather? Monica goes, watching that was really hard. I do think that Heather and I, you know, more than what I know, maybe, you know, they also have gone through it. You know, I think Angie too. Lisa goes, um, what about me? And Andy goes, just let her finish. And I was like, Lisa, shut the fuck up. Lisa, shut the fuck up. It is not about you. Calm, the, like I was so annoyed. Monica goes, I'm talking about physical abuse by Jen Shaw. And Lisa goes, um, Well, she almost beat me up on a van, so maybe that doesn't count. Shut the fuck up. This is where I was like, Shut the fuck up, Lisa. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> Monica continues. Heather goes, Or she goes, Heather can hate me all she wants. That's fine. But you could never deny that she and I went through the exact same trauma. I went about it a different way. She kept it all in. I blurted it out. And I'm not going to take that away from her. I understand the fear of retaliation. I get phone calls now from people threatening me because I have come out with so much about Jen. And I understand why she makes the, made the decisions that she did. This was, I thought, a good statement by Monica to help yeah. in that case of getting back on the show. Uh, Andy then asked all the other girls about the black eye stuff. And Whitney goes... I get why she did it. It's Stockholm syndrome. She put all of us at risk, but knowing of Jen, how Jen is and what she's capable of, I know why Heather did it. Um, at least it's like watching her last year. I feel like Heather was broken. And Heather goes, I was broken and starts crying. And then Whitney goes to hug her. Um, Andy then says, I'm so surprised that we are all th- this time later, still cleaning up the mess of this person who really had such a chokehold on everything. Yeah. And it's such a, Like, fascinating, like, way to sort of, like, view that. Annie was great, I think, in many parts in this reunion. Annie goes, if she's watching this, who uh, you would say what to her? Meaning Jen. Heather goes, I would say, I'm no longer your bitch, and I regret believing in you. I regret turning on all of you. I regret fighting her fight. I regret disrespecting my children and my family and my opportunity here. And she's crying as she's saying this. And she goes, and I would say, I'm glad that you are in prison because I might not have had the guts to do it otherwise. This is where I'm like, I don't understand the people now being like, she's still defending Jen. Uh, It's when she
1: walks all of this back on Watch What Happens Live.
0: Uh, which I think is sarcasm and I think plays into, like, with the black eye jokes. I think... Th- I see so many people sharing that clip, and I think it is sarcastic of what she's saying. She also says in that same "Watch What Happens" live, like Andy asks a question, like "How much do you miss Jen son? She says zero percent.
1: That's not sarcasm. That's not a joke. That's just a
0: statement of fact. No, that part is it. I'm saying that the other. I'm saying that the zero percent thing invalidates the idea that she was doing this for Jen to like take out Monica on her behalf. That's not a real thing. That Monica, whatever. We won't. Get no, into. I just, I just. Just, just I think, stop I it. Do, I do at think, this
1: point. Just be real with us, right? I
0: think Heather needs to stop with the like because self-deprecating it, humor. Because while it
1: may be humor, it contradicts. And if you're trying to put forward this image and this message of this is who we are moving forward, then you can't joke like that anymore.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree. Andy goes. I think that's a very powerful thing, and I think there's nothing left to be said about it. You're done. You've done it. Basically, being like, I have forgiven you for the black eye stuff. As Andy, (laughs) Andy then goes, the theme here seems to be that Jen has made you do things that don't seem to be characteristic of who you are. So is there any grace there to be given to Monica at all? This also was pretty like cemented in my mind. Jen's never coming back. (laughs) Like she's Oh, yeah. The the network is done with her. Um, Heather. Well, the line is always threatening to sue. Right. It's why, it's why
1: Nini was. Don't do it. Is not ever coming back unless like she makes amends with Andy. Like, don't Jen will never come back because she threatened to sue over the black eye stuff. Yeah.
0: Let me clarify when I say don't do it. I mean, don't do it unless you have some really valid like, right. things. Anyways, Heather goes to Monica because, like, Andy asked about, like, you know, you know, can grace be given to Monica? Heather goes, I appreciate what you said, Monica, and you're right. But the way that you handled it and how it affected me and the way that you came in today, it hurt me more and it didn't resolve anything for me it made it clearer for me. I mean, how far I've come and how far we've all come because this was the best season we've ever had. We enjoyed each other so much. And I do to Monica, but like she's saying it different. She's saying two different. She's not saying it's the best season we ever had in terms of ratings and popularity. And she's saying we enjoyed ourselves this season and that's all well and good. But you also enjoyed
1: your time with Monica.
0: Yeah. Like, We literally see y'all becoming
1: friends and enjoying each other.
0: Yeah. Andy goes, is it too insurmountable to move on as a group? We may not answer it today. You know, you all may need a little bit more time. Andy's trying to, like, find an opening. And see,
1: this right here is why I don't think the network is done with Monica. And why I don't believe she was actually fired. Why I believe that when, instead of using the phrase on a pause or not filming or anything like that, they say, She's taking a break. Yeah. Which means we're waiting for things to cool down and she will be back.
0: Yeah. Whitney goes, I have to be very careful and protect boundaries I put up with relationships that are not safe in my life. And there has to be a clear line of trust. And I think I'm more confused leaving the reunion. So I don't trust Monica and I can't put myself in that situation right now. She is using the language like right now, which I found fascinating. But yeah. So then, yeah. And then. Like Lisa also isn't open, and Meredith is not open, and they're like, The trust is kind of broken at this point. Yeah. So it's, yeah. But Andy tries. Andy goes to Monica and goes, I promised that you wouldn't leave without feeling that you have said anything. You haven't said everything that you wanted to say. Is there anything that you wanted to make clear? And then Monica goes, This is where it was
1: really clear that she's just given up.
0: Yeah. She goes, I mean, I think there's a lot that's been misunderstood, but and then she just kind of waves her hand like whatever, and he goes, "Is there anything that you would want to say?" And Monica goes, "No." Yeah, I, I mean,
1: I, I get it. I she literally has had the entire cast screaming at her for hours. Like, I get giving up. Yeah. I get being tired and needing rest. Yeah, like I'm, I'm not going to begrudge her that.
0: Yeah. Um, they then do warm and fuzzy, cold and prickly again. It's fine, whatever. Um, and then they do cheer, the cheers with the dark and stormies and that, and, which Andy hated. Which he was like, it's, he acted like it was so like strong and this guy. It's rum. Calm down, <laughs> <laughs> calm down, Andy. I've seen you drink worse. Um, yeah, and that's the end of the reunion and the end of the season. Like, just like, like you know, like you said, I think the future is unclear with Monica in many ways in terms of like she. I think she could come back, like. But yeah, like still, like if she's one and done, like best one and done of all time. Yeah. Like, and that's still, that's still something to put on your belt. Yeah. And
1: it's a one and done, not because of not being able to perform and being awful. It's a one and done because you performed so well that no one wants to compete with you again.
0: Sure. Yeah. Uh, But that was Salt Lake. We really loved it. Um, Yeah. Just very uh, happy with how everything in the season went. So let's move into this new episode of Beverly Hills. uh, The first uh, day of the Barcelona trip. Uh, (laughs) It's really a crystal renaissance.
1: Honestly, like she got activated and she's just going. And
0: she is activated online. Oh, yes. She is coming for Dorit's head. And I I totally get why. We will get to it. Like... Ugh. Dorit's not going to know what hit her at the reunion.
1: The Dorito stands are getting exhausted.
0: How can you still, like, at this point? It's like... Because they're racists, Amy. I really think, like... Like,
1: it's just real simple. It, they're racists.
0: Yeah. The ladies are all packing for Barcelona, and Sutton's with Avi, and Sutton riding on the the, um, the luggage. It's like Avi's pulling around. I, I love their relationship. Uh, Sutton uh, says, you know, so I'm not taking... I know you're not coming. I am bringing Merce. And I guess, a fr- and she talks about, you know, you know, i worked at Merce Cunningham studio back in the 1990s when I was in my twenties. Cause like it's, and he's like a very famous like dance, um, teacher, um, you know, has like, you know, fossy like connect, like uh-huh. all that stuff. Um, and talks about this connection and I'm like, oh, so he's like coming on the trip. That's interesting. And Sutton goes, do you want to go get him? And Avi goes, the ashes. I was like. Oh, okay. Um, Oh, he did. He did, And he's in a Ziploc bag, which... Okay. Yeah. They were making comments later about him being in a Ziploc. And I was like... You you have to... TSA. It's a TSA thing. Yeah, that's true. And like... I don't... Yeah. I... I, When Sutton gets into like her relationship with him later, I actually thought it was very sweet. But in the early goings, I was like, this is kind of weird and awkward and kind of morbid. Yeah. (laughs) Like, yeah. And she's just like contemplating what to do with it, you know, with the ashes. She wants to do something to like sort of like commemorate him, et cetera. Avi goes, just make sure it doesn't blow in your face and I'm like, Yeah, don't pull at Sonya Morgan <laughs> Oh God, he's on the sidewalk, he's on the sidewalk. <laughs> That's my favorite scene.
1: <laughs> Iconic.
0: Um, the ladies all arrive at LAX to fly uh, to Barcelona. Crystal and Anna Marie seem cordial at the very least. They aren't like they're talking like even more than like when people have problems on other shows. They're like talking and, con- and conversating, conversing, whatever. Just say talk. Just say talk. Um, you know, which is interesting. Oh my god! So they're on the plane. Dorit showing off to everybody her Chanel PJs that are $1200. They cut to Crystal's and hers are 799 and I told you like this is the epitome of real money versus fake money. Yeah. Crystal it, is rich out the fucking ass and doesn't need to fucking show it off. It's the same thing that was happening with Kathy. Yeah.
1: Wearing the house shoes on the plane. She don't give a fuck. She wants to be comfortable. Right. She has earned that right through her gobs and gobs of money.
0: Yeah. Crystal, this whole episode, really just like, there's a, I mean, if she if she said that she was above the other women, it's true. Yeah. <laughs> like, sorry. <laughs> like, no one holds a candle to her. Yeah. Uh, they all arrive in Siches, which is the town uh, uh, that they're in. Um, and so, uh, this is all, and it, again, Sutton talks, is like one of the origins of like one of his st- studios in Europe. So it's like a big, you know, sentimental thing to that as well. Sutton in the, in their own the sprint of a, and Sutton decides that they're going to play a game called all of a sudden, which it's just like facts about Sutton, which I love. I feel it was like, okay, let's prove who's really my friend and who's not. Cause like, also like plot
1: twist it's erica erica gets like almost garcelle gets like one and like it's garcelle with confessional goes like i've got other shit to worry about and erica's like i know everything about everyone yeah
0: it really is not going to help those like rant like the teddies in the world who are like they're not friends son and garcelle aren't friends off the show which i don't believe by the way i don't believe that either garcelle just didn't care yeah. Um, I thought Sutton at one point goes, What was my first job in New York City? And Kyle goes, Stripper? And Garcelle goes, Uh uh-uh, uh, that's Erica. <laughs> and they all crack up laughing. Where Erica goes, You damn right. Um, Erica wins, like you mentioned, and uh they're like, What's the gift? And Sutton goes, She wins a Tiara and Garcelle goes, From Dolce and Gabbana, and Sutton goes, No, from my store and Garcelle goes, Oh and the way Crystal's like, <laughs> like laughing. It's
1: a tax deduction, baby.
0: Uh, it's great. They arrive at the house, uh, and the Airbnb owner Zoe like shows them around. It's a beautiful, like old, very old house. Like and, and like the wood, um, like finishes and stuff like that is really cool. Very,
1: and yeah, very gorgeous, very old house.
0: Has a Comes cave. With ghosts. Well, yeah. <laughs> Zoe goes, "It was built in the 14th century, so over 700 years old." And Erica goes, "Jesus times right here." I was like. <laughs> no, I- that was
1: famously 2,000 years ago.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Erica, come on. And then Zoe goes, just to warn you. And Erica cuts her off and goes, it's haunted. That's what you were going to tell us. It's haunted. And then
2: Erica says that she has the ability to smell spirits. Uh... <laughs> I mean, I get that there's
0: some people that are in tune. But like. I think she's just using smell as
1: a placeholder for sense.
0: Yeah it's it, yeah she does it like and they're going in the room she's like okay there's no ghost in here so you know maybe who knows uh anna marie makes the joke in the confessional about i mean we all know who dies first like you know when yeah and then and then they cut to garcella's confessional and she goes if it's between me and anna marie i hope it's her <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> bitch be too the fuck <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: Um, Zoe says, so the previous owner told us that there were some little people, but I've never seen them. So don't be worried. And Erica just goes, we're all going to die.
2: <laughs> also, what does she
0: mean by little people? I, I don't know. Well, and they were theorizing on the after show. I think like of like, were they that children it, and that's worse. You oh, children ghosts. You don't fuck with. No. Cause that's an extra level of demented. That's like, well, they're children. They have
1: not developed a sense of morality yet. Right. They're just evil little hellions. And just want to
0: fuck with you. Yes. Yeah. I've seen the movies. Um, they all draw numbers for their rooms, basically. And it, all the rooms are pretty good, but I definitely think Derek got the worst earned. Earned. <laughs> uh, it's definitely the smallest, at the very least. Um, th- yeah. And so they're there like still freaking out about the ghost like erica tries to open the attic and kyle's like don't you fucking touch that like it's like
1: they- <laughs> nobody died and then both eric or both uh dorit and kyle at the exact same time go yet
0: yeah <laughs> they they are gonna get ready for dinner and then oh my god like a stampede of fucking glam walks in like everyone's glam coming in at the same time I I I don't know if we talked about it cuz I mean this is the first time we've really talking about Beverly Hills um I'm kind of over the glam on these trips and the showcasing of the glam on the trips like I shouldn't have to know about it yeah well I mean cuz it's like it's stupid the idea that you flew three people out to like well not the, only the, that you the,
1: flew them which number one cross atlantic Flights are hella expensive. Right. But then also you threw three people and you're paying them to be there. It's right. not just that you flew, but you, their time that they are there is on your dime as well.
0: Right. And they're staying somewhere like,
1: right. That they have to be put up somewhere like production's not paying for that.
0: Yeah. It's crazy. Um, Dorit's uh, closet rod like falls down at one point and they think it's the ghost because, of course, I uh, love Dorit going, ay, Dios mio, Chanel does not belong on the floor. And i like, OK, any excuse for Dorit to speak like Spanish? I, sure, why not? Um, and then Dorit is then like going through Kyle's. Remember when that was the most problematic part of her personality? Yeah, let's get back to that. <laughs> Dorita is going through Kyle's like luggage. She's and she's freaking out about like this wardrobe because it's so unlike Kyle. She goes, "Pleather with rhinestones, Kyle! It's like dental floss. Like, what are you doing?" It's like, and, and Kyle like drags her good in the confessional and goes, sorry, I'm not serving widow from the 1950s, which I was like, Ooh, get her. Cause I have hated Dorit's looks lately. I think I said it on the podcast, but
1: also like, I don't think pleather leggings is really a departure for Kyle. That's like pretty normal.
0: No. And she, and at least for, she dressed at the dinner was not unlike Kyle to me.
1: I mean, she still wears, I mean, she doesn't really wear dresses anymore. Sure. That I've noticed. But, like, she does still sometimes.
0: Right. And then Dorita in the confessional goes, what are you thinking when you're packing like this? Is Kyle looking for her next husband in Spain? And I'm like, again, I hope this comes up at the reunion. Why is it okay for Dorita to make those jokes? Right. But when Sutton and Garcelle make it, they're attacking Kyle's marriage. Right.
1: But also... The entire storyline that you have this season is your marriage is falling apart, yeah, and you might or might not be
0: fucking Morgan my my yeah, um, they head outside by like this like bar area, and there's like musicians playing and stuff like that. I love Crystal telling Derreite it's a self serve bar and they don't see I don't see a lemon inside, and Derek goes, "I'll make do because she she needs her. what is it uh, Belved- uh, uh, Belvedere club soda, uh three, three lemon's, lemons carcass, carcass out And a short glass, yes, yeah which I do, I do like as a recurring joke. It's, it still chuckles. It makes me chuckle every time. Kyle is 20 minutes late getting to this, which is like, oh my God, I, I just hate lead people. I can't do it. Like it's, you know, I get it's vacation, but like, you know, pick it up. Um, the chef comes out, his name's storm. She's like, Are you an American Gladiator? Like, it's not, it's literally an American Gladiator name. Like, what are you doing? And introduces himself, and Garcel goes, <laughs> Well, Garcel's like, Hi. <laughs> like, immediately flirting. And Erica Festival, she goes, Storm can feel free to rain all over me. Like, <laughs> Oh my God. She is horny. Garcel and uh, Erica both are
1: horny as hell on this trip.
0: Garcel goes, Are you going to be here the whole time that we're here? And Storm goes, Yeah, the whole weekend. And Garcel goes, Amazing. <laughs> so great and then she he's he's
1: gonna be the matu of this trip
0: yeah oh oh oh, manu manu yeah one thousand percent um and then garcelle as he leaves goes to erica and goes we can tag team him (laughs) (laughs) um they all really like
1: their new friendship it's it's a lot of fun yeah
0: i'm i've i've been like i said i really love this erica this season we'll get to it towards the end where i'm like Oh, no, Erica, I like this part. Go, go back to this, Erica. Like, because yeah. she has a moment where I'm like, oh, no, it, it's, it's maybe yeah. losing it. Um, They sit down at dinner and all of a sudden brings out the ashes and goes, I brought a special guest. I would like to introduce you to Merce Cunningham. Kind of
1: <laughs> Girl. Why did you do it at this dinner? You could have left him upstairs.
0: Yeah. It, yeah. Um, even Garcelle says, this man meant so much to you and he's in a Ziploc. He says, she says this in the confessional. It, yeah. uh. Um, but Erica like talks about like, like cause Erica has like a, da- a love for like classic dance and sort of stuff like that. And she talks about how like her assistant Mikey had to basically like when she didn't know who he was, be like, are you fucking serious right now? Like he's like, you know, when you talk about like Fosse and you talk mm-hmm. about like, you know, all Twyla and all like, he's like the, he's the head of it basically yeah um sutton talks about to the group about like her connection with him she says when my father died one of the first calls i got was from merce and i thought it was really sweet how she like detailed in the confessional like you know he was such a unique person and he didn't mind my quirkiness he never called me weird which i was like oh like it's like so it, it was nice to like to sort of like – because I get people like, – yeah, Sutton is weird. Like we – like – and I love Sutton for being weird. Yeah. But it's like having – like I can understand where she gets called that so much that can really be internalized and like yeah. sort of like – you know. And it's good to have the people that sort of like understand you and like – Yeah. It, it reminds me of
1: – I know this is not a Glee recap podcast, but um, it reminds me there's an episode uh, when – uh, Artie and Heather, are Heather, uh, Morris, uh, what's the character's name? Oh, Brittany. Brittany. Artie and Brittany are dating and they're getting a fight and Artie calls her stupid.
0: Oh, I, oh, I, I cried during that episode and all she, the time.
1: She said, you were the one person who never called me that. Yeah. That's what this feels like to me, right? It feels like Sutton's like, this is the one man who never called me weird. Yeah. It's, this is the one.
0: It's really beautiful actually yeah. Um, Storm serves them and Carcel and Eric are just winking at each other from across. <laughs> it. But also it was I felt it was awkward because the ser- one of the servers is his sister. Did you see that in the lower third? No, I missed that. So it's like you're flirting right in front of, like, this woman's, like, brother. Like,
1: they're freer with that shit in Europe, I
0: guess. I guess. And then, like, they're eating. And the way that Dorit and Garcelle are, like, moaning over the food, like, oh, mmm. Uh, no. (laughs) No. Give me a break. Like, Come on. It's it's like what ham on like like the like fancy not ham on cheese like Erica said that but it's like the fanciest fucking like you know
1: I mean it's bougie but it's still ham and cheese
0: yeah come on <laughs> Uh, they're all talking about just how the food's good or whatever Anna Marie then jumps in and I'm like okay here we go <laughs> Anna Marie's like I just want to interrupt because I feel like there is a bit of an elephant in the room and there's something that I need to get off of my chest um you know last weekend was a lot. Um, There's stuff on my part that I can apologize for. Sutton and I talked, you know, I hope that we're in a better place. Sutton goes, yeah, you know, the, the esophagus stuff was fine. My problem was the lonely and the insecure
1: I think you also had a problem with the esophagus. Stuff. So uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I, let's not undersell that. Yeah, but I get it. You're trying to move forward.
0: So i but I was kind of. I, I didn't. I wasn't really giving Anna Marie credit, but I was just like, okay, she's kind of owning it, whatever. But then when I heard that this added thing that she did that she didn't even mention, I was like, oh, okay. They flash back to it. It's when they're all at the table after like the the gala is done. She goes. I'm going to wake up in, my, in the morning to my amazing husband and my amazing children and my amazing life and thank God that I'm not lonely and I'm not insecure. And someone goes, who's lonely and insecure? Which it's such a nasty thing to say. It really is. And also, when again, get to get to it, when it becomes later of Anna Marie accusing Crystal... Of putting herself above everybody else. Right. Of saying, you think you're superior, you think, you know, you're so much better than everyone else, and then you're making comments like that? Also waited to find yourself
1: and your self-worth by your relationship to a
0: man? I mean, the man that calls you an 8.5. Right.
1: And we're
0: starting to see
1: why he overrated you as an 8.5.
0: Yeah. Sutton explains her, we have three divorces at this table. I was more lonely during my marriage. He traveled a lot. And when he didn't travel, he was asleep because he works all the time. And I think we can all understand that. And the producers cut to Kyle, which I was like, good on you, producers. That was a good grab. Like, sure, but
1: yes, I think it was pointed. But I also like, Kyle's also been through a divorce before this one. Yeah. Like, she was married before Mo. So, like, yeah, like, she's still been through it, even if you weren't talking about right now.
0: Right. Um, Garcelle then says, that affected me, too, actually, in what Sutton's bringing up. And she says in, uh, in her confession. But also, that's four.
1: Garcelle four. has been divorced. Oh, right. Garcelle, Erica. Erica
0: even though Erica's Kyle not- and Sutton. Yeah. Yeah, even though I guess Erica's not fully through her divorce, I, but... Well, I think she is, though, now at this is point.
1: She? Or she's at least going through it. That's still another divorce. Yeah, I,
0: you, I would count it. Uh, Garcelle explains, like, the way... Why it affected her, and she's like... It's, like, basically saying, like, if we don't have a man, then we're not, like, you know... Yeah. Like, like, valuable. Like, fuck off. And that... But she says this is her commercial. Anna Marie then goes, Several of us were angry that night. I said things I was not proud of. I apologize for that, Okay.
2: Why
1: did that sound
0: like Ramona?
2: Oh, yeah, yes. Yes, it's Ramona. It's exactly Ramona.
1: It was the okay that cinched it for it's me. It's
0: like, okay. What are you, like, you're not, like, no, you should never be apologizing sternly. And she does, she's done that, did that last episode as well. You're terrible at it. And I love Garcelle in the confession. Was like, if this is Anna Marie's apology, don't apologize. Honestly. Like, there's no point in it. Just keep it to yourself. Yeah. Um, Anna Marie goes, uh, anyone who else I may have offended, I apologize for that comment. Crystal goes, calling me insecure. And Anna Marie goes, we're going to get to you. Bitch. I was like, y- oh yeah. And you're not going to like it. Um, uh, Crystal or Anna Marie goes, let's talk about the crystal situation. The first night that Crystal and I met was at a mutual friend's house around the holidays. The first thing Crystal said to me about this group of women was that you ladies are not intelligent, nobody here was educated, and you are very shallow. What it, this? Here's my problem. This felt out of nowhere. Right. And, again, and Anna Marie makes a comment later of like, I'm not a person who likes conflict. But you're like, hold you. Yeah, is it in the room with us? Uh,
1: is the not liking? Yeah, I just don't get it. The only thing you've done on this show is cause conflict.
0: Because, uh, but my problem is like, you had this conversation with Crystal, right? That was apparently so scandalous, where she said all these very terrible things about these women that you're in this group of. And you've held it for, to this point. You didn't say it at Kyle's house. You didn't say it at the...
2: Uh, you didn't even say it when Crystal was confronting you at the gala. Right. What are you doing? I'm just... I'm
1: trying to piece together a realm in which that makes sense. Nope. Nope, there's not a realm. There's no realm in which that makes sense.
0: Yeah. Crystal goes shallow and uneducated. That's ridiculous. And Sutton goes, "She knows I'm educated. I'm out of this group." And little Garza goes, "We're all educated, Sutton." <laughs> like, like, it was great. Um, okay, so then, because immediately, you know, certain people immediately take it as fact, which is also very suspicious. Um, Dorita in her confessional then says, "You are nowhere near more educated than the rest of us." And by the way. Child bride, while you were busy getting married at 12, the rest of us were building businesses, graduating college, doing things to educate ourselves. That was so nasty and so rude and so racist. Racist. Like,
1: so, okay. So, number one, she was 24, not 12. Yeah. Okay, when she got married. Um, number two, she's only seven years younger than you. Right. Um. Just because you waited until you were 30 to get married to PK doesn't mean, or actually over 30, to get married to PK doesn't mean that anyone else should have had to do that. Okay. That's number two. And number three, you realize that the child bride thing is a racist trope against Asian people, right? Oh, yeah.
0: Like very stat. And to also specifically say the 12 thing, it's like. That's,
1: that's. Fucked up on so many... That's, I would go so far as to say that's the most racist thing she's done on this
0: season. 1,000%. And it's... Because it's... To me, like, the Garcelle thing, like, it's a microaggression, so it's, I think, in many ways, passive. So, like... And that doesn't mean... We we already litigated why it's wrong. But it's like... It's more the doubling down afterwards and the sort of, like, not listening and then that... That was more the offense. This is just straight-up racism. (laughs) And it's one
1: thing... Not that I would give her a pass for, like, saying it in the moment, but I think it's even worse when you've had weeks to sit on this. And, and you're in come a confessional. And you're in a confessional. You planned this comment. And you thought it was going to go over? You had time to research this before making this comment, and you
0: still chose to do so. Right. Garcelle go asks Crystal, did you say that? And Crystal goes, I would not say that to someone I just met, and I don't feel that way. And I agree. I was like, why would she just say that to Anna Marie like off the bat? That's weird. Um, so and then but like Crystal then says to her confessional, that's false. I never said those things. They then do a flashback to her first season, 2020, where she's in a confessional and says that the women are quite savvy but not highly educated. Here's my thing. I'm wanting the I don't, I've seen a lot of people being like, I hate Anna Marie, but I think Crystal said it or something or believing that Crystal probably said this. I actually don't think she said it. Number
1: one, wasn't that confessional in terms of like social education and being aware of like racism and other bigotry and things like that? Right.
0: But, but yes, but even that, like that aside, I think the big thing is that Anna Marie is very learned into the show. Right. I, she was like I said before, she was saying like, Oh, you Crystal and Garcelle, you know Sutton the best. Why would she know that? I think she's learned into the show and I think that actually helps Crystal's point that Anna Marie just watched that, pulled that, and used that as what she said. Yeah. Cause I don't think that's what what happened. And also I think we all are under the same impression that Anna Marie, the main reason of why she's doing the stuff that she's doing, maybe she's just a crazy person. I don't know. But I also think she's being told to do it by Kyle. Yeah. If you notice, Kyle's very quiet in this scene. Mm -hmm. And also, like, Kyle and Crystal just had that reunion last season where they really fucking went at it. And Crystal basically said, you only told Garcelle you understood the racial racism stuff because you didn't want to get called out. Like it got so heated, and it felt like Kyle was real. It feels like they. Here's the thing: I don't understand the hate for Crystal. I don't gen, I like be mad at her in certain moments. Yes, she doesn't say the right thing all the time. Yes, she has moments where she's in the wrong, etc. But the hate, like they hate her, and I don't get why. And when I say they, I mean like Kyle and Dorit, at, and to a certain extent, Erica. But it's like I don't get why. I
1: I honestly don't understand.
0: And I mean maybe
1: there is a lot more like racism towards AAPI folks than than maybe we are aware of. You know, I don't have a lot of Asian Pacific Islander people in my life, so I've not been exposed to their experiences with racism as I have been with Hispanic and Latino and black folks like I've seen those people deal with that right Yeah, on a personal one on one basis I get that I've not had that experience so maybe I'm just not aware of how bad it is I didn't realize it was this bad Yeah, like because I genuinely feel like at least Kyle and and Erica, when they are told they are in the wrong, they fix it and move forward.
0: Yeah, I mean, fuck to read, but like, and I almost think the Kyle. I, I think Kyle. I don't think it's a racism thing with Kyle. I think it's like a jealousy thing. I actually think she's kind of jealous. I probably I get because
1: the, of how much money she's got. Yeah,
0: which is a trend for Kyle. I feel. Uh, I
1: mean, Kathy, Crystal, Sutton. Yeah, she's always got a problem with
0: the people that are worth really more than her. rich. Yeah. Yeah. Huh, that's interesting. Anna Marie then goes, and then you said that the ladies were fake socialites and that you were the only true socialite in the group. I don't believe she said that. That doesn't even – even Sutton's face is like, that doesn't sound real. No. Even Erica in the confessional goes, isn't that like a northeast, southeast kind of thing? Like, what are we doing? Cotillion? Yeah. Like, who says socialite like that anymore? And, and, and says, I'm the true socialite to someone she just met. Do people on the west coast even say socialite? People were saying it's like a it's like a New York thing more than like a
1: Right, the only person that I know in the housewives realm who has ever called themselves a socialite is fucking uh from New York. She's the one that her she had the circus thing.
0: Oh, Tinsley. Tinsley.
2: She's the
1: only one. And to the point that Tinsley was literally even in an episode or several episodes of Gossip Girl, like as a background character, and introduced as Tinsley Mortimer. She was that present in the socialite scene. So like I get it. But like she's the only one who's ever labeled themselves and been known as a socialite in the housewives realm.
0: Right. So on the after show, Crystal explains this and i fully believe crystal in what happened in this conversation with anna marie she says that like they were talking at this christmas party and anna marie knows about housewives obviously so she brought she was like Hey, do like all the are all the women like friends? Do they all like get together like outside of the show, et cetera. And Crystal is like, yeah, I mean, some do and some don't. There's definitely people who are much more like close, intimate friends. And some people who are just like, we won't see each other for like a few months between filming, whatever. I'm definitely the mo- most social of people. I'm friends with everybody. And she's saying Anna Marie took that and now spun it to say that she said that she was a socialite and no one else is a socialite. And it's not like we've have video evidence on this show so far of Anna right. Marie intentionally misinterpreting a conversation
1: Yeah.
0: with the crystal. You were the one that said Sutton had an eating disorder. Bitch. What? <laughs> like I believe crystal. Yeah. I actually really believe crystal on yeah. this. Um, Dorit says in her confessional, do I feel like Crystal could have said that? Yes. What that's basically saying is, this is my excuse for not being interesting. Because my intellect is too high. No, you're boring. What is this hatred? Why does, Dor- what has Crystal done to Dorit? To
2: Nothing. make Dorit
0: to be like, you're boring and, and no one likes you. Why?
1: Dorit got her marching orders.
0: Apparently or something. It's like, Jesus Christ. And also, to call Crystal boring, like, I'm sorry, Andy Cohen has yawned in two reunions in a row when you're talking.
1: Yeah. You're, You're... You constantly get called out by cast members
0: on camera... For being long-winded. Like, nobody wants to listen to you talk. Yeah. Garcelle then asks Crystal, did you say that? And Crystal goes, first of all, it's offensive that you would ask me that, but no, I didn't. And Garcelle's like, well, I'm asking. Like, Garcelle's kind of like, she's like, I mean, I've had moments where Crystal, like, kind of, like, does, like, the superiority thing. Like. I have never understood people who get
1: upset for you asking whether they said something or did something that was off. I, I've, I've never understood that. Like, yeah. yeah, you may know somebody's character, but that doesn't mean automatically that they didn't do something out of character. Like, but at the same time, it's even not, you have to give someone a chance, right? You You hear somebody say something, make an accusation of your friend. You then should go to your friend and say, did you say this? Right. Did you do this? great, I didn't believe you did anyway, I was just checking. Yeah. Or, wow, I really didn't think you would say that. I was really ready to defend you on this. This kind of upsets me. Yeah, yeah. Like, one of those two
0: situations, but you ask first. You never assume. Yeah. Crystal, Crystal was so smart here, by the way. Like, she actually, like, in in an argument standpoint, really kicked Anna Marie's ass here. She turns to Garcelle and goes, have I ever said that I was a socialite? And Garcelle goes, no. Crystal goes, have I ever said that I'm very social? And Erica and Garcelle both go, yes. Like, what Crystal's saying in the after show. Kyle then jumps in out of nowhere and goes, I mean, with all the socialites that I know, they don't ever say that they're a socialite. And Crystal goes, that is correct. Kyle, you're literally proving Crystal's point and you don't even realize it. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. People don't just go around saying they're a socialite. So why would Crystal do it to Anna Marie? Yeah. And the fact that Kyle jumped up to like def- like have Anna Marie's back here tells me that Kyle gave her orders to do this. Exactly. Anna Marie goes, you need people to think that you're better than them. And Sutton goes, no, she doesn't. Anna Marie goes, that's all that I've seen. Crystal goes, That's all that you've seen? I've seen you six times in my life. Give me an example of when I've acted like I'm better than you. And Anne Marie goes, Well, right now, what? That's not an answer. Also, men in this conversation,
1: did she act like she was better than you?
0: Never. Point to it in the timeline. Crystal goes, Give me another example. Kyle Kyle in her confessional and this is so gaslighting and this is why I hate this is why I'm now going to defend Crystal to the bitter end on this. Yeah. Kyle says, "Obviously there's something about Anna Marie that provokes Crystal because she's normally somebody very reserved with her thoughts and feelings." I've never seen her have a response to someone like this. This is so gaslighting manipulative. Oh,
1: so you mean you've, you all have spent this whole season saying, Crystal, you really need to speak up. You need to, you know, let your opinion be known. We really need to know when you're upset about things. And now that she does.
0: It's so out of character. So it must be like, you know,
1: you must be triggered.
0: Right. And also to say like, there's something in Anna Marie that triggers her. Maybe Anna Marie lying about her. Yeah. And in front of a group of people and yeah. making false accusations against her. Yeah. That would trigger me. Yeah. It's so manipulative. Crystal uh, says to Therese, do you think that I would call myself a socialite? And Anna Marie goes, but it goes back to, and Crystal goes, let me ask the question. Like, she's like, stop fucking talking over me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Anna Marie goes, you need people to think that you're better than them. It goes back to your insecurity thing, Crystal. What the fuck? Like, again, it's like you It's like you studied Crystal. Like, it's like you watched, it's like you studied the show. Like, honestly, how would she? Because that hasn't come up this season. Not at all.
1: So how would she know about that?
0: Yeah. Crystal goes, the girl who calls herself a doctor who's a nurse. <laughs> like, you, I have to put myself above people? Yeah, cool. Honestly, I really,
1: like, I know I joked about it last week, but. Honestly, someone call Kelly Ben Simone because this is a fan. This is what this is what you have
0: accused Kristen Takeman of being. Yeah, Anna Marie goes. Crystal, bring it down a notch, which is so condescending. Crystal goes. Do not tell me to bring it down. Anna Marie goes. You're acting like a hormonal hormonal teen. Why can't I say that word? You're acting like a hormonal teenager. There we go. And I'm like, but but that's the again. It's like acting like a teenager is like such a like. Jab from seasons past that she's young and she's the young one in the group and she's a millennial and she, like, you're that's so she's 40, right? It's like, like, but, she's not a child,
1: she's 40. Just because she looks better than any of you fucking old biddies doesn't mean
0: anything, <laughs> but like, but you know what I mean? It's like she's pulling shit from the show, yeah, it's so qu- obvious. Son says, Don't make the little people come out. <laughs> <laughs> Anna Marie then goes, You know what else I want from you? I want to thank you. And Crystal goes, For what? And Anna Marie goes, For giving you something to talk about and making your ass relevant.
2: You're accusing Crystal of having such self, like misguided self importance that she puts herself above other people. And you're saying that you made her relevant. Yeah, I don't see that. And you have
0: gone after the show, co- co- accusing Dr. Nicole. Okay, uh, you're the one, you're mirror. Get up, get up. Is there a fucking mirror in this villa? Like stand the, in front of it.
1: Well, they don't want to tease the little people.
0: Yeah. Um, Anna Marie says her confessional I'm sorry that I trigger you. I'm sorry you find my life so interesting. She has nothing to talk about except for me. You you have been on this show for five episodes and you've only talked about a woman's esophagus that you've known for fucking five minutes.
1: I'm so over this bitch.
0: Yeah. Anna Marie goes, don't take my kindness for weakness. And Crystal goes, when have you been kind?
1: <laughs> I'm so, isn't the, the reunions filming tomorrow, right? On Friday? Yes, 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 yes. I just everybody here, you won't hear this till Saturday, but I just, I really am going to be sending a lot of energy tomorrow to Crystal Mm -hmm. because I need her and Sutton to tag team this bitch. It's going to be so good. Pick her up, carry her off the set. She does not need to be here anymore. Done.
0: I love, I love Sutton in the professional Goes. we got wine. We got tapas. We got this beautiful table. (laughs) (laughs) We have a chef. Perfection. But now, Anne-Marie, let's ruin it by telling the story that Crystal hates us all and thinks we're stupid and vapid. I love Sutton at this point. Sutton's like, fuck this woman. Garcelle, I, okay, so they all go to bed, but Garcelle goes to Sutton's room at like 1 a.m. because she doesn't want to sleep alone. I love the hat. She mocks Sutton's hat that has like sunglasses. like. Oh, God. on it. She goes, that is the ugliest hat I've ever seen. She goes, shut up.
1: <laughs> it is the ugliest hat I've ever seen.
0: Yeah. It's, it's really bad. Um, the next morning, we then see uh, Garcelle and Anna Marie go to talk in Anna Marie's room. And then... Sutton goes to talk in Crystal's room. I don't know if you noted. When Sutton goes to Crystal's room, she knocks on the door and goes, may I enter? Which I was like, oh, she's being like sensitive to Crystal after the...
1: Because Sutton grows. Right. Once you've had a discussion with Sutton, Sutton, you know... Deals with it as she deals with it. But when moving forward, she grows from that moment.
0: Yeah. But it's so sweet. And then Sutton can't, like, figure out how to close the door or whatever. She's, like, struggling. But I love she figures it out. She then sits down next to Crystal, and Crystal just goes, she's a lot. And Sutton goes, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Anna Marie says to Garcelle, she doesn't like confrontation, but that Garce- that Crystal's not being truthful. And Garcelle goes, "So she for sure said it." Anna Marie goes, "I do not lie, and I'm I need Garcelle except
1: when your mouth is open,
0: I, right? But I need Garcelle to have Crystal's back now, yes, because Garcelle, you know Anna Marie lies, yes, you know for a fact you were there when you like, so you know she's t- bullshitting. You know she'll be there at the reunion." Don't get me wrong, but I hope by this point she all, she's already there. Um, Sutton goes, She's calling you a liar to the whole group. And Crystal goes, Yeah, but I don't believe anyone believes it. And I'm like, Okay, some of them do, but I think they have ulterior reasons as to why yeah. they believe it. Yeah, whatever. Sutton goes, Why are you letting her off the hook? Crystal says, You need someone to say that that wasn't f- said for you to feel better. I don't need that. And there was this, like, Sutton's like, Tells her, but you need to stand up for yourself. And I think there is a balance of that. I do think Crystal needs to stand up for herself, right? But I also think there is power in, in Crystal just being like, I don't really care.
1: Yeah.
0: you're, And especially with Anna Marie. It's like, you're so stupid and, like, grasping at straws and just so blatant in what you're doing to where, like, if me, like, caring about this, like, that's only going to validate you and honestly make you relevant. So I'm not going to do it. Yeah. Like, I think there's, I get that it's not great for Housewives. But there's power in it, I feel. Um, the ladies go sit around before they go out, and Sutton gives them like the game plan about everything they're going to be doing. They're going to this church and stuff like that. Erica then jumps in and goes, I want to share some of the happy news that I got this morning, and I think it's important maybe for you, Crystal. And I was like, oh, my God. No, 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 no. And she goes, attached are two decisions today from the district court regarding our appeal on the earrings. And everyone's like, wow, okay. And basically, so they reversed the bankruptcy court's turnover order. Uh, It doesn't say that the earrings, she, it doesn't say that the earrings weren't bought with client money. It says they can't determine it. Right. Right. So therefore, you know, Uh,
1: well, it's innocent until proven guilty. So because they couldn't prove it guilty, it's innocent.
0: Right. Exactly. But I, and here's the thing. I'm kind of two sides about it. Like good. Like, the ladies are literally like, you know, congratulations. They, they always say, tell her, congratulations. I'm, you know, proud of you. Erica goes, when I, uh, she goes, remember when I got very heated and said that the story is not over? I said, please listen to me. Like, she's very much, she's like, kind of like looking for the moment of just being like, I was right and you were wrong and you're going to tell me that you're so apologetic or whatever. They, they tell her, congratulations on getting the earrings back. Like, but they don't, like, I think – I am I feel Eric is misguided about like – To misquote uh,
1: DJ James Kennedy, it's not about the earrings.
0: It's not about the earrings. Yeah, it's just – it's not – Kyle says in her confessional, I think Erica feels vindicated with a number of the ladies in this group. So many of them doubted her so much. And I'm like, fuck you, Kyle, including you, you were one of them. you were the big, like the fight in Aspen ended with you and Erica. Yeah. I hate her. I, I like, uh, she's, there's no loyalty. Erica goes, I told you all give me a minute. And I was right. And, but they're basically just like sort of like letting her do this and they're not giving her necessarily what she wants. Garcelle says in her confessional, I wish she would just let the earrings go so that you could sleep at night. So you feel like even though you're not guilty, you're giving back to the victims. You need good karma. And I think like – I and that was always – we didn't talk about this because we didn't have the podcast on. But it's like they were arguing in two different realms in Aspen, I feel. Right. Erica's arguing from a legal perspective, which I get. Well, she's also arguing
1: from an emotional standpoint, but she wasn't actually arguing that, even though that's what was spurring on her. She's argument. She's saying
0: the legal process needs to the to go through, and because the legal process hasn't go through, I'm not giving you know because it's it's it, it's not been determined that the earrings. It's been determined at this point that the earrings are mine until proven otherwise, innocent until proven guilty. Right. And, and their point is, I get that, but like. But
1: they're also, they weren't seeing, and she wasn't expressing the emotional motivation behind that, which was, I've had everything taken from me. Yeah. I am so tired of giving up everything in my life. I don't have my husband anymore. I don't have money. I don't have my home. I, I'm tired let me have this.
0: Right. And I think, like, she re- – like, I think if she said that, I think it would be clearer. And I also think – I don't know that she was aware.
1: I, I don't know that she was aware that that's what was motivating but her. But I also
0: don't think she would be willing to say it because she also does – She's if in the moment she does say something similar, she's like, but don't feel sorry for me. She's like, I'm not looking for pity. I'm not, She always prefaces everything. I'm not looking for yeah. pity. I'm, it's like, stop saying that. Like, you – like y- – Like, cause times you are looking for pity, like rightfully or not, but like, there's nothing wrong with that.
1: Like, you know what I mean? Well, she's had to be strong for a long time and put out that persona. Of strength, and she doesn't know how to be vulnerable.
0: Yeah. So Erica's like really upset. Like, even in the car ride, she's just kind of like distant. And she says, Erica Fussell, I can't control people's reaction, but I was really expecting more from these ladies. I don't need anyone to put their arms around me, but I need you to acknowledge that what I said would happen is happening. And that would be a really nice moment for me. And I'm like, I get it, but they told you, congratulations. Like, I don't, I. True. I just I think she was wanting the show of
1: support that other women on this show get and that she hasn't truly gotten an emotional show of support ever from but these it's women. A, but
0: it's a different scenario. Like it's a different it's a different like bag of worms, I think. Did you see on the after show when she was on with Nicole um uh, she had said something about like, Kyle, like Andy like brought up like tough questions at the reunion. Like Erica took it at that one reunion from me, et cetera. Erica goes, "So are we going to continue that this season?" Basically, being like, "I need you to hold Kyle. Like, I need you to ask the same hard questions and Good. the same brutal questions to Kyle." Yes, but also I'm like, but that's it's it's a different thing. Like it's, but
1: a, I I don't think it's a different thing. Like, Erica's was bigger than what Kyle is going That's what through. I mean by that. But, like, like, wrapped up in there was also losing her husband. Sure. And losing her life. Like, yeah, there was the criminal aspect and the reason she's angry. But, like, there was also, like, betrayal. And she needed people to rally around her in an emotional way, and they never did. Yeah, All they did was come at her with questions and accusations and... No matter what she went through, she never actually saw grace from these women.
0: Yeah. So they all head into the vans to then go to the church that they've planned this thing for and it's like this giant like upward I would hate driving on this road. First off like well, Absolutely not. As, some, as someone who lives in Pittsburgh and drives all the time. Like this was scary. Um Yeah, but, we
1: have mountains, we don't have cliffs. That was a cliff.
0: Yeah. And but Crystal's getting like car sick or something and she's like needing to get out of the car. They stop on the side and like but she says and you can see it towards, it, like, her veins are, like, very, like... You were saying that it has, like, it's probably, like, a blood pressure thing? Yeah, I mean,
1: if your veins are popping, it's blood pressure. Basically, blood pressure is just the, literally the pressure of your blood against your veins. So if right. your veins are popping, the pressure is high.
0: Yeah, I, I don't know what it is, and I don't think Anne-Marie knows either. They play they play up this thing at the end where, like, they're all checking on Crystal afterwards. Anne-Marie's just like, oh, wow. Like, <laughs> like, that's all she says. And then Kyle in her goes, the universe works in mysterious ways. Last night, these two were at each other's throats. And right now, Crystal is at Anne-Marie's mercy. I'm like, is she? What is Anne-Marie going to do? She just needs to take some deep breaths. She's fine. Yeah like it's in like again like this she's a nurse anesthetist like what is that like you're on the top of a fucking cliff and she like she doesn't have any anesthesia yeah so what's she gonna do it's crazy it was so performative anyways um that was beverly hills for this week a really great episode and, and again like queen crystal like honestly really fantastic work from her um we're gonna take a quick commercial break and then when we come back we're talking the newest episode of real housewives of miami don't go anywhere
1: Welcome back to A Gay and His Let's head on down to Mexico City, where we find some queer art that I think uh, Plain Jane might be uh, willing to protect.
0: On Real Housewives of Miami, that was good. I like that. <laughs> Real Housewives of Miami for this week. Uh, their trip to Mexico City. I guess we're getting the trips this season or this you know across this week, franchise. this episode. Yeah, across franchises. Um, this is a fun start, so it should be interesting to see how it goes. They're all getting ready. Um, Gertie confirms that she is going, she's, uh, decided that she, um, you know, is going to get away. She talks later about just like, you know, her, her, um, chemo is starting soon. So she's just like, I'm just going to go all fucking out at this point because you know why not like yeah because i mean
1: chemo takes a lot out of you she knows she's not gonna have the energy after so
0: yeah i love the cute scene of alexia um uh helping frankie write the letter to guadalupe the for one thing
1: (laughs) and he's like i want to ask her to give me money and she's like maybe not ask for money
0: (laughs) (laughs) maybe for like happiness i don't know (laughs) um yeah and nicole is not going to be there until the next day basically because she has work so um they fly into mexico city and get into the sprinter um lisa is on the phone in the back of the uh, van with her lawyer basically because she's like having to balance that they're trying to do a settlement and like what's up with lisa's in vans calling lawyers uh, just a trend alert alert. (laughs) but like yeah she's like you know this couldn't have come at a worse time and and she gets into it later sort of the like And the fact that, like, it's still, I mean, by all accounts, at least from what I know, they still don't have a deal. Yeah. And it's like, Jesus Christ.
1: like I mean, as of last week, we had an almost deal that then dissolved. So I guess we're still not sure what's happening next.
0: No. Uh, They arrive at the Mondrian, uh, (laughs) um, which which, isn't that a thing? Wasn't that a thing in Vanderpump? Yeah, that was a thing in Vanderpump. Oh, yeah. Guy's not at the Mondrian. That's what it is. Like, yeah. different Mondrian. Much better. Sure. Um, but they arrive. It's a beautiful hotel. The yeah. rooms look really nice. Um... Alexia uh, sits them all down to tell them like the plans for the trip of like they're doing gondola rides and like they're going to go to the church and pride and all that stuff. And then Alexia lets Adriana reveal the surprise that she's going to be performing at pride. Uh, Emilio Estevan hooked up the um, gig. Basically. I love it. She's like, and I'm performing fire. And Alexia goes, which is my favorite song. <laughs> Cause remember <laughs> that last season? I'm like, I like the song. <laughs> Ah. I don't like you, but I like the song. Adriana <laughs> says in the confessional, I always knew I'm a gay man trapped in a woman's body, so it's a perfect fit. I guess. So sure. that's not really what I would... I wouldn't consider Adriana that like. No. Of any, I would say like Marisol is definitely Marisol is that Marisol is an older gay man like those yes she's she's like Harvey Firestein at this point oh my god <laughs> absolutely <laughs> yeah. Larsa also says that they'll they'll get a chance to try her tequila brand or whatever that uh that um she's doing and she goes i love you guys i want you to support me and i know alexia you last year said every time larsa invites me to something that it's one of her deals i was like what is larsa doing like she's like starting this fight out of complete nowhere in terms of like and i love alexia i mean like yeah like i did say that like i'm the only one who had the balls to say it yeah And, but Alexi is kind of like joking. Like she's like, she's in like, Oh, isn't this funny? Like, you know, we're jo- joking mode. But then Larsa goes, but when you said that it kind of hurt my feelings and Alexi like hugs her like, Oh, like, you know, it, I get, I'm, I'm, I can understand where it comes off kind of condescending, but I was also like, yeah, this seems stupid. That's how I would react if I was a Yeah. Um, but then she's like, Larsa goes, no, but like when you said that, like I was thinking like, Like, I don't have a Todd. Like, people see the situation with my ex and think that it's all like peaches and cream. I'm like, she, again, she's been divorced for like two years at this point. Like, I think there's, and I get it, but it's like there's just some obsession that Larsa has with like still being linked to Scotty of just like, I'm overcoming, you know, it's like, you're moved on. Like, I don't get it. Like, or maybe you're not, and that's why you're dating, you know, Marcus. Oh, that's part, yeah. I mean that's kind of a big thing. Alexia goes, "You guys don't know what Todd provides me," so that's very rude and disrespectful. Larsa goes, "It's not rude and disrespectful. He paid for your condo," and then it just gets into the weirdest fucking fight I've ever seen. And I'm like, "What are they even fighting about?" I have no clue. Like that, and she's like, "You're because I guess Alexia feels that like she, by her saying I don't have a Todd means that like he's like a sugar daddy or something." I guess, but like. But I mean, and Alexia's like, we've all worked, like, yeah. Don't act like, like we don't all work. Like we all have jobs. But also, <laughs> like, not only that, we don't. We all work. I'm sorry. How? What does Larza work? Like she, like, like she keeps me like I'm. She, I'm self made, and I'm what? Babe,
1: what? she is a respected podcaster. I just don't understand why you're neglecting. I that.
0: know it's a, it's an art form. Um, but like <laughs> we say this knowing we are podcasters, yeah. we get it. But like I, other, I mean, I, she says she has a tequila business. I don't know the name of it. I've like, never I, heard of it. I've never heard her. Like, I don't know what her businesses are. Like, I'm, I, I don't know. Like, it's crazy. Kiki in the confessional, totting her tears with her vibrator was so iconic to me. It's the funniest thing I've ever seen. I don't have a Todd either. This is my Todd. She's like, and it doesn't come with money. I had to pay for this. (laughs) Larissa goes, I can't rely on anyone. And Lexi goes, you relied on Scotty for 23 years. She goes, my friend, stop talking for one second. I have two homes, four kids, double. Not because I want to. I don't have Scotty. I don't have anyone. Just support me, and then, like storms off. I'm like, what is this? F- you have two like what are you having two homes in four k-?
1: if it's a struggle, sell one, yeah, not one of the kids, one of the homes sure,
0: but it's like <laughs> i like you're rich, i don't like you're you're rich i I can't feel bad for you, you're fucking rich, it's crazy. Lisa and Kiki are trying to like tend to Larsa. Lisa's like, "Well, like I have a Jody about the whole you have a Todd thing." And Larsa goes, "Jody doesn't pay your rent." And Lisa goes, "Not yet, not yet." I'm like, "Okay, Lisa." (laughs) So uh, so again, why were you mad earlier? Like you want you now want Jody to pay your rent eventually? Like, I guess. Uh, and then Kiki is like thinking it's really hypocritical that Lars is like demanding all this support. And it's like why don't you have my back and why aren't you there for me when like you weren't there for me when like I had my party? Which I get it's d- different, but like, I, yeah. I, 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 but I also am Team Kiki because I was like, bit, like this, this is our first like housewives party, right? Like I understand like if all
1: is equal, like why people would not go to the party? But I also feel like, girl. You know how important this is in terms of getting on the show and staying on the show. Yeah. Stop being dense.
0: Larsa goes, you're very combative to Alexia. Alexia goes, no, that's you. It's like, you're so stupid. Oh, N- uh, that's you. It's like, you both are like crazy. But then all the ladies and their professionals theorize of like the question of who would win a fight between Lars and Alexia. I think the answer is pretty clear to me. Are you thinking what? Like, I'm.
1: I'm thinking through it. I'm thinking through reasons.
0: It's. I think it's Alexia. I, okay, good. Yeah, I Alex. It's Alexia for me. Alexia's scrappier. I don't think Larsa can fight. I really don't. I think before her plastic surgery, she would have
1: been more willing to throw down. Maybe, I think, but I think that as she is now, she'd be too afraid to fuck up her face. Yeah, I think she talks a really
0: big game. I
1: think Alexia didn't make as big of changes <laughs> as Larsa did, so she has less to lose. I
0: love that that's the metric the cosmetic work.
1: When you invest that much in all of that.
0: Yeah, sure. Why not? And then as this fight is happening, Marisol looks like she's dying. <laughs> like her, she's like, Oh God, my blood pressure is on the floor. And she's like fainting, like looks like she's fainting and they're fanning her. And she's like having like a cold towel compress against her head. Like so dramatic. Um, Adriana, uh, is taking, uh, Julie and Kiki to her dance rehearsal. Uh, but it's also like a swerve because she wants to get them away. Cause they're going to go get cakes for their birthdays. Cause it's their birthdays as well. Um, they, the rest of the ladies are meeting in the lobby of the hotel. And then Larsa and Lexia are just fine. Like, they've, they've they've changed clothes, and now they're cool. <laughs> there's, like, nothing happened. And in their confessional, Larsa goes, I don't need an apology from Alexia because I'm not going to get one anyways, which is probably true. And then Alexia goes, I mean, Larsa's not going to apologize. I don't have to apologize. So <laughs> they really are – I mean – they are alike in many ways. Like, and I will say Alexia, I think Alexia is just having a better season. Like Lars is all the like fights that were, it was just like, Oh my God, Alexia, like really like you're picking this fight. Lars is doing now. And yeah. it's like, well, and the, the two of them are
1: like cats that, that fight. Right. Yeah. They don't have to make up. They just once the fights over. It's over.
0: Which I love. I mean, I love about this show in general.
1: Yeah, for the most part.
0: I, I feel like there should more
1: housewives need to pick up this model. Yeah, of fight, get it out, and
0: then be done. Yeah, that's what that's what this needs. Um, they go to Adrian's rehearsal. I also there was also this trend that started here at the rehearsal of apparently. These women, particularly Kiki, not being able to determine if men are gay or not, (laughs) because they were like, because she's I think it's less about not being able to determine and more
1: about not giving a fuck.
0: I well, yeah, it seems with Kiki. She's like, I can turn a gay man straight. She says that later. It's like, you know, a dick's a dick, I guess. Like, you know, Uh, okay. Sure, why not? <laughs> but, like, she literally is like, are you single? Hey, who's single here? And it's, like, it's a dance rehearsal for a Pride event. They are all homosexuals. Right. Like, the one guy, like, literally shows Adriana his, like, painted nails or whatever. It's like, come on. I mean,
1: you might have some bisexuals or pansexuals in there that you may have a chance with, but
0: come on. Yeah. I was... So, they do the rehearsal, and apparently... I this has to be like for television, right? This can't be like the actual case because they're saying she has one rehearsal in like, and then the performance is in like twenty four hours, and and it's pretty complicated choreography.
1: She was probably given the choreography beforehand. These are professional dancers. They can pick it up in one rehearsal.
0: Right. Sure. And, like, she's doing lifts and stuff like that. And it just seemed like it, to, like, throw it on her like this doesn't seem.
1: Yeah. There's no way that she didn't have this choreo and has already rehearsed it.
0: Yeah. That's just TV magic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they go, the rest of the ladies go to a bakery to get the cakes. (laughs) Oh my God. I love that. They're discussing like what cakes they should get. They're like, yeah, dulce de leche, something. And Lisa goes, do they have red velvet? What about red velvet? And then Alex gets to go, um, red velvet's American. (laughs) So like, no, that's not a thing. Like this is a locals. Like they don't have, they have dulce de leche,
1: they have thres leches. Like, what do you want?
0: (laughs) They literally were like thres leches with chocolate or thresh leches with strawberry. That's it. (laughs) Like,
1: I mean, you might have some panda, uh, uh, panda dolce, is that what it's called? Yeah, 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 yeah. You might have something like, it's like a bakery, right? Like, it, it's a, it's, yeah, it's not, no. We're like, not, you're
0: not going to fucking Kroger. You're not, getting,
1: you're not getting a German chocolate cake. That's not happening. <laughs>
0: um oh oh my god as they're as they're finishing up the order Lisa and Lars are like sitting by like one of these outdoor tables and are just it's just like 30 seconds of them just taking selfies looking for the best light in the picture (laughs) I love how Lars is like no girl the light's over here (laughs) no move move this way now now this way now it's so stupid and then Lars says yeah so like Marcus and I have like the same passcode on our like phones she says like so much (laughs) Do you have the passcode to Jody's phone? Lisa's like, it's too early, I think, for that. I didn't have Lenny's passcode until he cheated on me. And I'm like, well, that's your problem. That's a bit late. Yeah. (laughs) Middle ground. Not to say that Jody would ever cheat. Like, and Larsa talks about that it's really important to have it. Like, you know, it's important for every woman to know what's going on with their man. We'll get to it later in terms of Larsa, where it's like starting to see the jealousy in terms of the Marcus stuff, like yeah. coming to the forefront. What are your thoughts, though, Jen? So we have each other's baskets, right?
1: Like, like I even went so far as I put your face in my facial recognition.
0: Yeah, 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 because it's easier. It's it's just easier. But it's like, I I mean I don't I I, I get what Lars is saying. Like it's not about like trust. It's just about like openness and like right. Like yeah, I like I think it's fine. I like. Don't,
1: Here's the thing. I used to be very, very territorial, especially growing up, mm-hmm. about my things and my space being mine. Yeah. Right? And, like, you don't invade my space. You don't touch my things. You leave me alone. Um, but that was because I was constantly having that trust violated. I've never had to worry about that with you. Yeah. And I've never had anything I needed to hide from you. So I don't give a shit. Like. Right. Fine. Go through it. And mainly because like. If I see something I like, I'm going to show it to you. That's I'm it. not going to hide it from you. I'm going to be like, ooh, look at this guy on Twitter.
0: Well, that's the benefit of also being in a homosexual relationship. Right. Um, but we like, can hunt together. <laughs> also, I think what I'll maybe add to Lars's point is like, it's. I think it's fine. I think, But I think it can't be in the place of communication. Right. You know what I mean? You have to have that. And it's like, if you don't, and it's just that, then that's a problem. Right. And like, if you
1: feel the need... To go through their phone, that's a problem. Yeah. But if you just need to like pick up their phone to place a Uber Eats order, or if you need to like make a phone call and your phone's in the other room, like I get that. Like having someone's access to someone's phone for that, cool. And knowing that they could get into it at any point should they need to, that's enough to stop most people right. from doing anything crazy on their phones. So like but if you feel the need to start sleeping around, that means they already don't have your trust. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's and, already an indication of a problem, yeah. even if there's nothing there.
0: Yeah. Um they're walking through like a park area and I love Lisa going like, "Oh my god, it looks like it looks like Japan." It's like, "Oh my god, Lisa, Jesus Christ." Like that's a very different country. Also, it's just it just looks like a
1: park. <laughs> just looks like a park. Do you you mean that you don't have green spaces in uh, Miami? Because, yeah, that's probably true.
0: Yeah. Lisa's telling them about, like, the conversations with the lawyer. She's like, the lawyer is on my ass. She's like, he's like, Lisa, sign the fucking deal. And I'm like, John, I'm almost there because I got Lenny to go up a little bit more. But then he goes back to his idiot lawyer and it's like, you I need to take his advice. I'm like, okay, I'm, hmm, take the deal. I think you need to take the deal. And I think, like, I think to, like, try to, like, get more and more. Like, you're, I mean, you're lucky if you get enough, right, at this point with Lenny. Right.
1: Like, at this point, I feel like it's, fuck Lenny and everything that he feels or thinks or wants, whatever, right? Is this deal something that would make you happy? Right. Is this enough to cover you?
0: And your kids. And, and your ki-
1: and we'll let Yeah, all of that being under the umbrella of you, right? Is this enough? Is this good? Are you going to be taken care of and satisfied with this? Great. Sign it. I don't care if it makes him happy. If he thinks he got one over on you, if you could have gotten more, I don't care. Your priority should be
0: to make sure that you and yours are taken care of. Right. Yeah. You can't be too. and, And she's already, like I said, she's already behind the eight ball in many regards. Like, don't like. Get while you're ahead, you know,
1: because the longer this drags out, the more you have to pay. That's his whole point is to bankrupt you,
0: yeah. And I think you know that, like, so, like, well, that's the reason she set
1: up this whole thing. I mean, it's been after the season, but the whole reason that she set up this whole um, thing helping people through this divorce process, right, is because of people like Lenny who exploit this process to bankrupt their exes,
0: yeah. Lisa says that the deal is for a house that is a basically a teardown, but then he'll build onto that on the lot. And they're kind of, like, trepidatious. Lars is like, I feel like Lenny wanting to build Lisa a house is a way to control Lisa. Like, I I agree. I don't think yeah. that's – like, just cut all possible ties. It's not worth it. Um, Yeah. Um, the ladies are all then getting ready for dinner back at the hotel and Kiki stops by Gertie's room. I like that Gertie, like, cause Kiki now has like the short hair, um, at mm-hmm. this point, And she's like, she's like, she's giving me inspo and sort of like giving me hope in terms of my chemo and stuff like that. I thought that was a good, like, sort of, you know, bonding moment. Um, she's t- Kiki's telling uh, her about Adriana's rehearsal and she's like I don't know she's got like 24 hours and it's like rough right now uh, and talks about the dancers Gertie goes are they hot gay or are they hot straight and Kiki goes I don't know if they're gay or straight but I'd still take them ma'am <laughs> she's just a horny little devil and like but you don't know if they was gay or straight ma'am I know right well she flub- flubs it later too
1: um, there was uh, who is it uh, did I hear it On this or – no, I think I heard it on a TikTok. Somebody said there's more fruit – or there's less fruit at a fucking, like, farmer's market stand.
0: Yeah. Like, come on. Come on. Um, Kiki, though, mentions to Gertie that while they were uh, driving back, Julia had mentioned something in the car that Larsa had, like, given some interview with some, like, podcast. And she made some comment about Gertie having fake tears. And I was like – we're fucking fighting now. I'm I like the, I I'm sorry. The, the disrespect that Gertie has been shown on yeah. the show. This season is unbelievable. Yeah. For what she is going through. Like, uh, um, yeah. And Gertie's like, I had the nicest time with her today. So if she's talking shit, you know, you know, especially right now when I'm finding out that I'm getting chemo and she's like, let's get it popping. Like I'm going to fucking rip into, <laughs> I'm telling you step
1: one, Get that hand up under her hair, into her kitchen, snatch a
0: hold of her hair. Yeah.
1: Control the hair, control the bitch. She, that's all you got to do.
0: Honestly, I would not blame her at this point. Honestly.
1: Like drag her, literally physically drag her down the street by her kitchen.
0: Yeah. It's baffling. And like, okay. Yeah. So they go, uh, Marisol is at this like bar that's like a converted out car or whatever. And she's like, she may, get the opportunity to promote her cocky brand of canned cocktails or whatever. I actually, I like this, um, like blue suit, like this, like not pantsuit. It's like it's shorts, but with like a jacket. Like, it was kinda, oh yeah, it was kind of cute on Marisol, actually. It, yeah, um, the Marisol like, usually looks pretty cute. I actually think, I actually think she does really good in the fashion department. And yeah, doesn't get a lot of credit, but she's understated.
1: You know, she never like goes like too over the top, too flashy with it. Right.
0: Yeah. Uh, Gertie is, uh, they're, they're like slowly filing in. Gertie says she's waiting to confront Larsa. She says they're confessional timing is everything. And I'm like, okay. But like that was the time that you chose. Later in the <laughs> okay.
1: Was that made in retrospect? Like timing is everything. And that's why this fucked up. Like
0: what? Yeah. Um, Marisol gives Larsa a porn star, uh, martini. And she's and Larsa's jokes. Like I might turn into a porn star and Kiki goes, you're already a porn star. <laughs> it's like very mean. But also, like, true, like, I guess. I mean, yeah. It, or, I mean, she says she's only showing, like, feet stuff. But, like, on OnlyFans. I'm only not fans. subscribing,
1: so. Yeah. One of
0: y'all can tell me. <laughs> um, They all talk about, like, the Alexia-Larsa fight earlier in the day. But Kiki then brings up how she was kind of triggered by, like, not feeling supported. And, like, you're asking for support, but then you didn't show up to my party. K- Larsa goes, you know I was on antibiotics, right? <laughs> Yeah. I guess she was sick and she like which I can maybe like he's like I can maybe believe. It sound like a good enough excuse to like get out of it. My problem is, and, like, Gertie says later how terrible Lars is at apologizing, and it's really true. She never says, like, I'm sorry. She never says I'm sorry in this. No, she, it's just, I, this is my
1: excuse, and it's the reason you shouldn't hold this against me.
0: Yeah. She's like, I, Kiki, I'm the first one that motivates you. You know I'm your friend. It's like, no, she's saying she doesn't feel that way. Yeah. So you need to fucking, like, address that. God, it's really terrible. Um, yeah, so they all drive to dinner, uh, the and that Alexia is organized at this art gallery, this setup. um, before they get to the art gallery, the topic comes up in the car about like being a freak in bed. And sort of like, what are your kinks? And like all that stuff, Lisa then says that her kink is, I love kind of getting jealous and thinking that you're flirting with my man, which I'm like, this is revealing so much this episode about the Lenny stuff, uh. about how it got to the way it is. Yep. Didn't she describe one case where, like, there was a woman in a hot tub with her and she literally confronted her?
2: Yeah. And I was like,
0: so, but you're saying that you are like, into, like, your husband or your partner, like, getting flirted on and you find that sexy? And, all, but also, like, and then, oh, my God, it really does explain so much. The fact that they had those fucking parties where it was, like, however many Holy fucking shit, yeah. hot women, like. That's, that's crazy. Like, can,
1: no, I mean, it's not to say that she ever deserved to be treated like that. No, but, but like it explains why she put up with so much for so long.
0: Yeah. 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 Re, I, I'm not trying to kink shame, but it's like reanalyze that about like where that's coming from. Cause yeah. Um, Larsa says that. Yeah. So
1: it, is it like turning you on that someone else is attracted to your man or is it turning you on that he chooses you over them.
0: Right. Because I mean Lenny was definitely not doing that part. <laughs> right. Well he was to her face. Maybe. Yeah. Um, Larsa uh, says that yeah like Marcus would like point out that a woman's hot and I would be like bitch don't fucking do that. I'm like jokes like I would like slap him or whatever. I don't think she really meant it but like maybe she. Did. I don't know. That sounds like Larsa. Well, but it
1: may be like one of those slap him on the arm type things. Like stop that. Sure. You know what I
0: mean. But Julia then goes you're jealous of Marcus what did you do to him when it was that he grabbed that ass of that girl in Orlando? And I was like, "What?" I remember hearing about this. I they like really vaguely, vaguely yeah. Larsa says we weren't even really together at the time, and she maintains this like, "Yeah, it did, like we weren't, you know, we weren't exclusive, we weren't whatever." And Julie's like, "That doesn't." She's in her confessional. That doesn't really make any sense because she says they got together over the holidays, and like it, the date, like. Was, like, around Thanksgiving. Here's the
1: thing. It sounds a lot like when Ariana said we weren't exclusive when Miami Girl happened.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounds like, yeah, it's, it's such an excuse, like, in terms of, like. Yeah,
1: it, it's a protecting yourself excuse and not wanting to deal with the outside scrutiny. So I get
0: it. But, but also, come on. Yeah. And also, like, it also puts a light on, like, the BravoCon stuff. Remember when, like, allegedly Larsa got really upset at Julia because she had asked Marcus to, like, take some, like, just normal photos, like, by, like, like for her, like, Instagram or something like that. And Marcus physically took the photos and Larsa was really fucking mad about it. It was like... Yeah, That doesn't make sense. I think Larsa has... Well, and, yeah, Lars is an enigma. <laughs> she spent too much time with the Kardashians. Really, honestly. Um, they arrive to the art gala, and they're, they walk in to see these two men in, like, fetish bunny masks and, like, skin-colored shorts. They keep saying they're naked. They always say they're naked, and, like, they're not naked, but I get it. Like, there's...
1: Maybe they were saying that so the production would, like, blur out the the underwear so you couldn't tell oh maybe maybe that was the plan and then it just didn't happen <laughs> yeah
0: kiki and I me. Mean, he's like am i allowed to touch <laughs> like you because because it's like an exhibit i mean they're saying like it's like an exhibit but like what is the exhibit like
1: i, I don't know <laughs> again i think plain jane would want to protect this queer art
0: well yeah so they they get in and they uh Alexia introduces them to ricardo the artist again i'm confused by it. it's something about like Human nature with animals, but there's like a piano also, and like again the get- the the like these like fetish like men like I didn't understand it whatsoever. Art is subjective. I, should it be?
1: <laughs> Art is subjective, but I still need to get it, bitch. Like,
0: <laughs> yeah. And I love that. Like she, like Alexia's like, and Ricardo are like speaking about, and like nobody cares. Like Alexia and Maris, or uh, Audrey and Marisol aren't paying attention. Ow. Lisa's like, can I get some food? Like this is a dinner. Like what? <laughs> like, um, they all start eating. Um, at one point they think that they're eating. Frog testicles, or then like pig testicles. Like I was like, and I love Alexi's. Like it's short rib. That was, then that's not testicles. Like what? the, Like it's. Yeah, I don't know where. The, I think
1: maybe because they like made like balls out of them, like with like a melon baller or something. I guess. Yeah, I guess for the symbolism. I guess if the food what, is How does part this play the into exhibit, the? Well, I mean, it's the crossing of sexuality and, like, animalism and, you know, those sorts of things. Sure. So maybe this, this is an extension of that. Yeah. I don't... I'm try. I'm grasping at straws to understand.
0: Yeah. Larsa said, guys, I think we should play a little game. I'm like, well, great. Like... The- I I do need the trope to end at this point. At least it's like truth. And they do truth or dare, which at least is a real game. I guess. That you would normally do at like a dinner, I guess.
1: Not at dinner. Well. (laughs) You you maybe do that after dinner when everyone's drunk.
0: Sure. Lisa tells Kiki, I dare you to play the five minutes in the closet game with one of those guys. And then Kiki turns to the guy and goes, hi, are you in the closet or out of the closet? And he goes, out of the closet. And. That's such a weird, what
1: question are you asking?
0: Like she, she didn't. Well, she, I don't think she. I, Kiki probably doesn't know seven minutes in heaven or whatever. The probably not. She's like, oh, closet or no closet. <laughs> but it was just a convenient way to actually be like, oh no, you're hitting on a game, man. Jesus Christ! Again, again for the second time today. Yeah. Uh, Gertie then tells Larsa, "Okay, truth or dare." Larsa goes truth, and Gertie goes good. And I was like, oh. <laughs> Here we go. Exactly what I wanted you to say. And then she goes, is it true that you brought up fake tears and all that recently on a podcast? Larsa, without skipping a beat goes, yeah, I said fake tears because I didn't know why you were saying that I was fake. That makes no sense. So
1: you instead decided to hurl an insult with no basis to the woman who is battling cancer.
0: Okay. Kiki, or Gertie then goes, well, I mean, physically, I can say that you're the fakest of them all. And Larsa goes, you're fake too physically. Look at you. I was like, at the, you, Alexia's face sitting next to Larsa was like, what the fuck are you saying? You, like, this, this woman has cancer. But also,
1: no one is faker than Larsa physically.
0: Sure. But again, like... I don't know. To make any comment about, like, like a person's body. Yeah. And also, again, you're talking about, like, I don't know. If Larso had a modicum of intelligence, right? You're making a comment, like, well, you're, you're, you're fake, too. Look at your body. I'm assuming you're talking about her breasts. Which she didn't get a mastectomy. And it's like, why would you even touch that subject? Right. Why, why would you even, like, she's other, like, she's devoid of compassion and, like, just, like, understanding. Or common sense. Yeah. Kiki's, like, head down into the table being like, oh, my fucking god right now. It's crazy. Gertie goes, you should have said, you know, Gertie, on the podcast, she's like, you should have said, Gertie's going through a lot and I'm her friend and I don't want to discuss it. And Larsa goes, you could have done that first. (laughs) Oh, my. Larsa thinks this is a, that's the other thing. It's like, Larsa thinks this is just a housewives fight. Yeah. And it's like, get out of that fucking mode for two seconds. Like, Marisol's talking about how Larsa just doesn't, like, let up. And she just refuses to, like, you know, get, you know apologize and all that. The producer asked Marisol, would you be fighting with a woman who had cancer and is about to go into chemo? And Marisol goes, no, of course not. Like it, It's just
1: wild how, like, observant and astute that Larsa is on the traitors. For her to be like this on... My, I just don't
0: understand. Yeah, Like, how is this the same human? Right. Gertie goes, you just want to be right, and that's the problem. Can you dad, like, all you can say, if you can just say, Gertie, I apologize. Larsa goes, Gertie, stop. Like, she's <laughs> like, what is
1: wrong with you? Like, she literally gave you an out. She said, look, this is what you need to do right now. Do it, and we're good. And you just wave her off like she's being silly? <sighs>
0: I cannot. And so, and then as this fight is happening, you just hear the piano in the background, and then like oh these like the men then come back out. Alexia Kovalshuk goes, "Thank God for the piano and the penises." <laughs> By the way, did what did you think of uh, Alexia's new confessional look? That like her hair done up, and it's like the silvery top with like it was kind of very striking for her. Like her, also her makeup seemed different. Like there seemed to be more like. Black under the eye, like it was more like of a deeper eye than I've ever seen from Alexia. I honestly am not remembering it off the top of my head. It was like I was like, oh god, and then I was like, oh, I kind of like it, sort of. It was different for Alexia, I would say. Um, but so yeah, and then like the oh my god, this fucking interpretive dance that these men are doing, where they're like leaning on top of each other and it's like so weird, and extending their legs and like <laughs> like. <laughs> Like what it, I think Marisol said, you can see their religion. It's just like, <sighs> and they're like laying on top of the women at one. It was like, what the fuck is this? Again, no clue what the message is, but like, I am mean, aesthetically, cool. I guess you know. Yeah, Um, yeah, and then we kind of leave on the cliffhanger of them just, like, ending this dinner, and it's like, Jesus Christ. Yeah, this Mexico trip seems like it's going to be crazy, and, like, I'm interested to see what's to come with Miami. Um, Should be some really fun stuff. Um, Great episode, and excited to see what's to come. All right, let's get into these tops and bottoms.
1: We are spoiled for options on bottoms this week, (laughs) I just got to say.
0: so many. It's
1: just, it's wild. Bottoms all over the place. It's like Grindr. Bottoms everywhere, <laughs> no tops. Um, <laughs> but we've got options between Potomac. We've got Salt Lake. We've got Beverly Hills, and we have Miami. What are you thinking, babe?
0: Um, I'll start with my bottom, uh, and I'll get uh, for me the one that stuck out the most is Lisa Barlow on Salt Lake. Okay, yeah. Like, I just think like it was not the best performance, and it really like so I I someone who really loved Lisa Barlow for many seasons. Like it, I finally understood why people found her annoying. And it was kind of just on full display, and it wasn't like needed. Like, I think, like, there was, and I think, still think the reunion was good, but I just think, like, if she would have just calmed down for two seconds, I think we could have gotten to way more interesting conversations. Yeah. That, um, but I
1: think that was the point.
0: Yeah. I, I, yeah. I think your theory has a strong possibility, but yeah, just like, God, Lisa, she said, I'm a bulldog, um, but i it just needs to, yeah, it needs to be stopped. Um, my top – I got to give it to Crystal. I really – I, like, i fully reached my, like, standing of Crystal this week. Like, it's just, like, she's – especially her on social media, too. Yeah. Like, she's really coming into her own. The whole, like, I'm – oh, you're too timid thing. She's like, well, I'll fucking show you untimid. Like, you know. And she just handles Anna Marie so well and just, like – not just in terms of, like, you know – are like getting the lines in the jabs in, but she actually like is able to break down an argument in a way that's really good. And I actually think now that I think about it more, that's what intimidates her about the other women from the other women. Yeah, is that she is actually really intelligent in terms of, you know, breaking things down in a way and sort of like. Picking apart at sort of the holes that they could maybe leave open in their stuff that they do. So yeah. Crystal, you're my top for the week. Really great stuff. What about you, babe? What are your tops and bottoms? You know, um, I
1: really looked through all of these shows mm-hmm. and tried very hard to find a top. Crystal was there, definitely there. Um, but I just I kind of wanted to give it to to Monica, but I really feel like she underrepresented herself. Yeah. Um, I kind of wanted to give it to Heather because even though I think she's wrong, she performed well. But at the end of the day, I decided, fuck tops.
2: All bottoms. Uh,
1: All bottoms. Oops, all bottoms. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I'm going to give my first bottom to Larsa. Because this, like, doubling down against Gertie makes no fucking sense. And she's just digging a hole that I don't know if she's going to be able to come out of. And To me, it, it really is. Like I said earlier, it's a stark difference, right, between her behavior on the traitors and her behavior here. I just, I feel like she's smarter than this. We've seen that. We've seen that on the traders. We know she can be smarter than this. But then she apparently left both of her brain cells in Scotland. Yeah. And came back to this show with nothing but air and maybe some cobwebs. And I don't understand. She's not this dense. She yeah. knows what she's doing. You re- you re- and that makes it
0: worse. Yeah. Like, that's that's honestly very icky. Yeah. It's really
1: gross. But you know what's also fucking gross is Dorit and her racism. Yeah. Oh she yeah. is my other bottom for this week, and I'm patently sick of it. But I'm also, like, not even just sick of her and her racism. It's her stands online. Like, I have literally gotten into so many Twitter fights this week. Like, I to the point that I'm getting quote tweeted and, like, all of this shit it's like i'm so tired like how can you defend this it's just like crazy where where are you not and i just stop it it's it's so easy to not be racist yeah it takes very little effort actually to just go through and go hey that's racist maybe don't do that Hey, that's racist. Maybe don't do that. Oh, that thing is racist that I did. Thank you for telling me. I won't do it again. Yeah. It's so easy. It is so easy to not be racist. And she just keeps stumbling into it. And to the point that it's past stumbling into it to now that she's doing planned confessionals. Right. With racism. Like, sprinkling that shit in. It's like, come on, girl. Like, this is... You, You like, profess to be this world-traveled child of the world. Like, you've lived everywhere and, you know, all of this, right? You're supposed to be aware. You're the least aware of person on Bravo now. Now that Ramona's gone, (laughs) it's Dorit now. Dorit, Dorit is like the face of racism. Like, this is disgusting, and it has to fucking stop. And honestly, I feel like Bravo needs to step
0: in at a certain point.
1: Hey, thanks for tuning into this episode of A Gay and His Envy.
0: Join us next time for more of our recaps and hot takes. And be sure to subscribe and leave a review wherever you are listening. And check us out on our social media, at A Gay and His Envy, on all the platforms.
1: A special shout-out to Shane Ivers, who wrote Pulsar, the song we use for our theme. I'm Eamon. I'm Merlin. And And we're we're out.
0: out.